0: you listen
1: to nothing but knowledge.
0: So now they've got to start from deep in their end of the field, and Garrison hurt takes advantage of it. He takes the handoff. quick to the right. Gets to the 20. He's at the 30. Needs a cut in. He comes back up the right sideline. Flicks the third tackle. Comes down of the 30. He's out of the 20. He's out of the 10. He's
1: out of the 5. He's out of the right zone. <laughs> touchdown. Touchdown 49 96-yard run from scrimmage. Garrison hurt. back and throw going to be sacked, no, gets away, he runs, gets away again, goes to the 40, gets away
0: again, to the 35, cuts back at the 30, to it 20, the 50, the 50, the 50. he died by the 49ers. 7 on the 11th, 57-yard line, 49ers in, and about That's Third down, Alex takes the
1: snap. Alex looking down in oh. the post, it's yeah, it. good! Touchdown! Touchdown 49ers! Oh. <laughs> it's second down, Ryan takes the snap, goes to play to the left side. It's Michael, and it's the 49ers pick it, and tomorrow, Goldman, he's begun! Yeah! 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 Click, click, boom! What's going on, Faithfuls? The Nothing But Niner crew is back, and we are here to bring you guys a very, very fun show. But before we start, I got to check in on my guy. Today was the day, man. You, you tweeted it out. You put it in the group chat. I waited until the show so I can ask you. How'd it go?
2: Uh, somewhat positive, I guess you could say. Okay. Um, no more physical therapy but now i got to go do a fce which is like a functional capacity evaluation test
1: see how much movement is <laughs> stuff you got and
2: yeah basically see what my movement strength and all that stuff is and then um uh, and then after that i go to the doctor and you know what whatever they say the doctor goes off of and then we have a decision on you know obviously if i have any uh restrictions or anything like that so
1: all right all right closer a step in the right direction, man. That's what I'm talking about. Some positivity, some positivity. And now we're going to bring in my other man, my guys down here. Tony, what up, big dog? How you doing, man?
0: Yo, what's going on, fellas? What I up, saw man? you
1: last time out there running and stuff, trying to show us, hey, guys, I'm in shape. I'm fresh and all that stuff. And now you in the home. you you chilling, man. How was your day, bro? Good, good. Yours? Oh, my day was amazing. It was phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. I hated most of it, but I'm having a great day now because I came home. I played games with my kids. We're Hungry, Hungry Hippos. You guys ever play that game? Yeah. That game is absolute pandemonium. I've never played it. I've only watched it be played before. Just same as tonight. All you're doing is just slapping something, trying to get balls. Pauls you just, you just slapping and slapping and slapping. All right, I got to stop doing this on camera. But, like, I came home. We played a game, Perfection, and I broke Perfection the first time we used it. I broke it. I, you know, it's got the little timer you got to turn. Well, it didn't stop, so I kept going, and it clicked. And I was like, oh, it's okay. And I wound it all the way up again. Bro, that thing was like double time now. So we got to take it back. First day, we broke it already. It popped already. So my bad. My bad, guys. Um, hungry know, but- Hungry
2: Hippo reminds me of knock em so- or Rock'em Sock'em Robots.
1: Yes, you just keep pushing the button until somebody's...
2: Just- just- You're just popping them until the head pops up.
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly, man. You know, but it is what it is, so... Guys, we are here. I'm gonna have a lot of fun on this show. I got a lot of energy, and uh, I'll show you guys the secret sauce. Is the why I got a lot of energy? It's what's in here, which is really this. All right. So I got the ginseng going. Yeah, energy drink. My wife let me off the hook, so I'm gonna take advantage of it. I'm not normally allowed to have these things, so this is good. Yeah, you remember that
2: drinking a monster ever?
1: Yeah. No, I'm usually I try to get the uh, the Red Bull, but. I don't know, man. I'm going back to the monster. So we'll see what happens. Um, Let's go through these formalities really quick and uh, bang this stuff out really quick. So first of all, this is your first time here on the YouTube page. We want to thank you guys for checking us out. If you enjoy the show, do us a favor. Hit that like and subscribe button. Okay, turn on those notifications as well. We don't just bring you guys shows uh, three nights a week. We also do breaking news videos. We were very, very busy during the uh, the free agency period because the team was making a ton of moves. So make sure you have those notifications on because we will be announcing when there's big news, cuts, signings, and, you know, any other updates like that, okay? Uh, We have social media platforms. Twitter and Snapchat is the first one. All right, give us a follow there. It's nothing but nine, E-R-S. And then we have Facebook, Instagram, as well as Twitch. And that is spelled all the way out with no numbers, nothing but Niners, okay? I'm your guy, 49 Mike underscore NFL. Over here on this side is my guy, Nick. He is 49 Faithful 365 And down below, last but certainly not least, is our guy, the resident GM of Nothing But Niners, MJ Niner fan four nine nine. Those are the Twitter handles. Make sure you guys go and give us all follows on Twitter if you aren't doing so already. Tony's ready for this show. Look at him; he's got his paper. Is that is that for the show?
0: That's it's their current roster.
1: Yes. All right. So we're gonna do a breakdown here, guys. So we got to start. Um, you know, in the description, I talked about how April is almost here, and that's when Nothing But Niners is gonna turn the page of the draft, right? Everyone's always asking, what do we do in the draft? What do we do in the draft? And we kept saying, we can't answer that until we see what happens in free agency. Well, free agency is kind of dying down, all right? So the way we're going to start this is, uh, well, not the way we're going to start it. What we're going to do is we're going to break down the roster, see what they added in free agency, give our final thoughts on it. And then we're going to see if we can identify the remaining weaknesses, okay? See if there's any weaknesses, if any, and then go from there. That way we can try to see what the draft plan is. But before we get to that, I want to ask you guys a simple question. Will the 49ers make any more free agency signings before the draft? I think so.
2: I think they will, but I don't think it'll be like anything like that we're expecting. Like just something – if something falls into their their laps, like, uh, like, I don't know, like a Deshaun Watson or something like that, because – I just I just think they're done because John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan normally don't talk until they're done. And they're scheduled to talk Monday. So I think if, if we do anything, it'll be something little or something really, really big.
1: All right. Now, Tony, you said that you think that there's something that's going to happen. Uh, is there a position group in particular that you, you're thinking about?
0: I don't think it's going to be big. I think they're add add a couple more bodies to the roster. I think you can see them add an, another corner. I think you can see them add a wide receiver, um, and maybe even a potentially a linebacker because they're in on a couple of linebackers. Um, okay. Yeah. So I, I mean, a couple guys like like uh, Golden Tate would be interesting for a slot guy. Uh, Armandola is another guy that could be Armandola. Um actually I have the list right here there's a couple guys out there that i mean that could they could bring in and um just remember because we got to fill the roster and i think we're only in the 60s right now i thought we were at 72. uh-oh
1: all right okay i see what you got and i'm surprised you guys being I mean, tony you didn't you named a lot of positions you didn't name the position that I thought you would have. So, it's going to be a lot of fun. All right, let's break this thing down here, guys. Let's talk about what the team actually did in free agency. So, uh one of the one of the big things was securing your own, bringing in your own guys and and you know, keeping keeping it uh going the way it should, right? I'm going to move my camera a little bit closer to me cuz I feel like I'm far away from everybody. All right. So, it's uh we did a lot of securing our own guys. I know that they're counting up the number on the rosters now. So, 76 I think we're up to. 76. Okay. Yeah, 76 are Sean Coleman and guys like Travis Benjamin yeah. reflected in that number?
0: All, all those guys are on here because they revert back because the opt-out is over. What so about now- Herd? Is Heard counted in that? Like the injured? Yes, yeah. they are okay. And the one re- the reason why yeah. I didn't say quarterback is I don't think they're gonna do anything like that until Jimmy they f- they find someone to bring in for Jimmy. To be a bridge or they go after Watson or whatever. That's still but, not the position
1: I thought you guys would have said. So we'll we'll get to it. Don't worry. We'll get to it. Um, I don't think quarterback is gonna be a move anytime soon. But let's talk, let's talk about what we did do, all right, as a collective. So uh we know what they did. They started with the was the pass rusher the first signing of the offseason? Echo bomb. He was the first official one from another team, yeah. No, well, what do we do in-house first? Because juice Daniel was-
2: Mosley and Kyle Uzchek.
1: Yeah. All right. So Mosley. Because I you guys are counting Juice. I think that was done before free agency period started. But I get it. So Juice, Mosley. So they went fullback. They went corner. They did Ekobom. Sosa. I still don't know if I'm saying his name the right way. Uh let's start with those three. Did they solidify those positions? Fullback is locked up, right? We're not worried about that anymore. Okay. You go to the corners, you got. Mosley. Actually, they brought back all three. Mosley, Verrett, and uh, Shark. Yeah. Right? Are we solidified there? You guys got any more concerns or what? Like, What's what's the biggest concern at that position? Well, they
0: brought
2: Dante Johnson back also.
1: Let's go. Don't forget the jersey, Uh, boy. Nick, hold us down.
2: Dante Johnson also. um, You got Tim Harris still there. Um, The other guy, what was the other guy's name that they brought in? Uh, Was that – that Who is Bodie Cal- Calhoun? Yeah, B- Bodie Calhoun guy. Um,
1: and then they have a Adonis uh, Alexander. What position is, is he a safety? Adonis Alexander is he a safety? Yeah,
2: yeah he's he, he's a corner. And then Webster. So you got like nine or ten corners on this roster right
1: now. Okay, all right. So I said, okay, I see what they're working with now. Okay, so. Let me see here. Like you said, Calhoun, Harris, Johnson, Mosley, Webster, Alexander. Melifonwu is what? Safety. All right. So we yeah, won't count Safety, him. yeah. What about Moore? Safety. All right. We won't count him. Ward. All right. And then let's go to the other. Wait. So that was it?
2: That's
0: it. there right there, yeah.
1: So we were at, what, seven? We're at seven of them. All I right. I
0: think we have more than that. We got – yeah, so Sharks,
2: Shark's not on here yet.
0: Mm, he's right.
2: Kaywon Williams isn't on here yet. Um, Mosley's on there. Verrett's not on there yet.
1: You're right.
0: I, All have, right. I have them on my list. So how many How many corners do you have in total, Tony? Should corners, be nine, I think. We have Ken Webster, Adonis Alexander. That's two. Tim Harris is three. Um Maiden, I put as a defensive back, so I'm not going to count him. You have uh, Kwan Williams, that's four. Um, Dante Johnson, five. Verrett, six. Mosley, seven. Calhoun, eight. Then you have Travarius Moore as a safety, Jimmy Ward, safety. N- Nakuka, the guy that brought off of uh, waivers to fill out for injuries last year. He's, He's a safety, special team guy. Uh, Chris Edwards is another safety. Obi rule, whatever his name is, he's a safety. Tavon Wilson, who we just signed from the Colts, is a safety. Jekwissey Tart, Marcel Harris, both safeties. So that took us to an eight. That and then what about Bod?
2: Did you say Bodie Calhoun?
0: Yeah. Yeah. That he's a corner. Yeah, that's what we're talking about, corners. No, I just named both the safeties.
1: No, no, no. But he was asking if you named Calhoun while we were counting the corners. Yeah, yeah yeah. that's so why I was asking eight.
2: I didn't hear it so that's why I was asking because I had nine the
1: corners been the safeties what nine do you have Nick are we missing somebody
2: well Calhoun one Harris two Johnson three Mosley four Webster five then you have uh, Verrett, Alexander six Mosley seven varette eight. And then uh, Shark, nine. That's what I have, nine.
1: So what name did you have that Tony didn't have? You counted Adonis. Oh, wait. Who was the third name you said?
2: The third name? Dante Johnson. No,
1: that's not it.
2: So Bodie Calhoun, Tim Harris, Dante Johnson, Mosley, Webster, Alexander, Alexander. That's six. Shark, seven. Verrett, eight. And Mosley. Uh, Mosley, nine.
1: Tony, you didn't have Verrett on your list, they say. I said Verrett. I, I, I marked
0: know. everybody as I went down, but it's all right. Whatever. So um, do we need to add more help to the corner room in free agency? In free. Agency? I think you could see them bring in, like, a veteran that's just hanging on the market right now. Um. You know there's a couple guys out there let's see uh blah, 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 blah. where are these freaking guys like hayward from the chargers is still out there malcolm butler signed today with arizona so he's off the list uh you have Bouye still out there um quentin dunbar i know what's his name uh brian likes him he's still available uh Rasul Douglas was a guy that we were rumored to be interested at in the trade deadline from Philly. He's a free agent. There's a couple names out there. It's going to be a low, like like a guy that's just hanging out there with no, um, no interest on him, and they bring him in on a one year deal. Just that competition because you never know someone get hurt in camp. So something could happen. So I think they'll bring in one more. I, I think we're good with the safeties. I just think they might add one more body at the corner spot with experience.
1: All right, I uh, I don't think they're going to bring in any more help in the secondary, uh, safeties included. I think that I think they did something pretty smart. I think that they went out and they got um, insurance for the people that they're worried about. So, like Tart, right? Can't stay healthy. They went and signed that safety. I think that they're similar roles because that guy's not going to be the free safety. He's going to be a box player. You know what I'm saying? He's older. The speed isn't quite there. You want him close to the line of scrimmage where he can be more decisive, use his experience and then get to the line faster. Right. So when you're looking at the secondary, I know that Verrett is injured often. You know, uh, last year was his longest time being healthy, right? He was healthy all 16 games, but he didn't play all 16, if I'm not mistaken. So
2: I think he was had, on the COVID list, wasn't he?
1: Did Varette hit the COVID list? I know that he I know that the first game Sherman played.
2: Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right.
1: So I don't think I think it was Sherman and was it wait, was it Sherman and Verette or was it Sherman and Mosley?
2: It was Sherman and Mosley. Remember crazy. we remember we were arguing if if uh Witherspoon started that one? That's when crazy. Sherman was out
1: that is crazy that they started with sherman and mosley and not sherman and Verrett. there's no way that was the starters for week 1 was it really that is nuts all right so are we confident in the in the secondary that we're we're taking forward right now if we had to put this this secondary on the field that's a that's a good secondary right we're assuming health for everybody
2: yeah i mean i still i, I would look for them to either get a corner a nickel corner uh in either late like free agency or obviously address it in the draft because right now we're still in the same position if we were all talking about who's going to be our starting corner and in nickel before shark was signed and now we're at the point where he signed but what happens if he's not healthy because he's coming off an injury also so what happens if he gets hurt who's playing there
1: well, yeah, we're doing it based off of just assuming everyone's healthy right now, but I do get what you're saying. Like it's a, it's a super valid point, but we, we can't, you know, we kind of have to operate right now as if everyone's going to be healthy because if anybody's injured, then what? You know right, what I'm no, saying? I'm
2: just saying because they went out and got backups for Tart. Like they, they backed up positions of guys that were injured and things like that with the strong safety to various more from free safety. Obviously uh, you've got a shit ton of corners, but, uh, but there's not a ton of those guys that play nickel. I mean
1: Yeah, no, you're right. Mosley can slide in there, but then who's the who's the other right. outside guy? Then I who's
2: think. the outside guy? So that's why I was saying maybe that uh, a nickel corner, but okay. I highly don't see I see it more in a draft as in because I mean Dante Johnson didn't he play slot last year too a couple times.
1: Yes, he did. At the end of the year, it was him in there. Yeah, he, he played the slot like, he when the uh
2: when, whatchamacallit went down when um Ah, why am Taylor. I gonna, yeah, yeah, uh Tate, not Tabor. Um, yeah, Taylor. Jamar Taylor. Jamar, that's it. Jamar Taylor.
1: Yep. yep, good call there. Tony. So I you know what, Nick, that's a really good point. I didn't think about that. There is no backup right now on the roster for the nickel position. That's that's a really, really good point. Unless I mean, I, unless, you, unless,
2: unless they like Dante Johnson there.
1: Right. Right. Which is a big step up because when he came out, he was really stiff. And to be a person in the nickel, you got to have – I think you have to have fluid hips. You got to be able to change direction pretty quickly and smoothly. So that, that speaks volume for him. What's up, Tony? I see you.
0: Go ahead. You can jump in. I think Calhoun's going to play the nickel. If really? I remember correctly. Uh, yeah. He – I'm trying to look it up just to make sure, but I think – Brian Brody, Calhoun, blah, blah, blah. I'm trying
1: to find out. Um, that would be interesting because then it, it goes back to what Nick was saying. And, you know, they've signed backups for all the positions or players of concern on the roster. As we continue to do this breakdown, we'll, we'll discuss that more. But I really think that's what the plan was this offseason was: let's get our guys back and let's get someone behind them just in case one of them falls short, you know. Uh, the faithful were really excited about Jamar Taylor. Uh, you know, <laughs> it's crazy. I got it here, and the mic is over here. It's nuts. Um, but you know, like we were all excited about Jamar Taylor possibly coming back, and we get sharp. You know, but I didn't know that. Um, uh, what the hell is the guy's name? Tony's talking about possibly Yeah, I didn't know that he was a nickel guy. So that's interesting. All right. So we went from juice. We're not signing backup fullbacks, right? We know that Ross Dwelly could fill in that role. Uh, so he was someone that uh, could do that.
2: Well, you also have um,
1: – Hoekit? Yeah. Not, is, it, is it him Hoekit. or – You got
2: Hoekit there. there. You got uh, Dwelly. You got um, uh, Charlie Warner, like those tight end positions that can fill in there. And then uh what's the other running uh, fullback's name? Not Hokeyd. There was another one, wasn't there? Can't remember. I thought but it was just by anyway.
1: I could be wrong. You know, I'm always wrong about shit. All right, so let me see if there's an actual other fullback listed on the on the roster. Let's see. It's Juice. No, and it's just Hokeyd and Juice. Yeah, that's it. That's it. it it's eerie how they how similar they they are in build too. Nuts. All right, so we went from. That to the secondary. What was the next signing after that?
0: Uh,
1: we didn't bring back any receivers. Uh, Did it go right to Trent? Was Trent the next one? No. Oh, there was a bunch of small ones in
0: between. There's okay. like, I think they announced.
2: Uh, wasn't it? Um, I think it was uh, Ibukam next.
1: Okay, okay. So they went edge. They went edge after that. So then, you look at the edge situation, right? And who they have here? Uh, if you look at the, if you look at the roster here, let's see, who do we have for defensive linemen? Uh, you got Willis. They oh, brought Roast,
2: Ro- oh yeah, Rostwelly and Marcel Harris. They were the next two.
1: Right. They had the, the, the. Yes, you're right. You're right. But we talked about both of them. Already, we touched on those guys, right? We talked about and, Ross. And, Kelly being and the,
0: Daniel Helm was in, included with them.
2: Yeah, Daniel Helm and um, another, uh, another law offensive lineman guy. Wasn't Helm with another offensive lineman guy?
0: He might have been with Brunskill.
2: All right. Um, let's see here. Oh, Daniel Helm was uh, the Brian Bodie Calhoun. That was the guy that we brought in with him. And then after Daniel Helm and Calhoun, it was Samson Ibukam. Then it was Trent Sherfield, the wide receiver, then it was Dante Johnson. Then it was Tavon Wilson.
1: All right, well, let's 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 do them in order. Let's do them in order. That's what we were trying to do. We're gonna do them in the order of how they sign people. So after after we got them the secondary people, who was next?
2: That's another guy we forgot about. Mark Fields, the second. He was the very first one we claimed him off of the waivers from the Houston Texans.
1: I forgot about that guy. The corner. Yeah, Mark
2: I Mark. Forgot about that.
1: I forgot. That's why about I was,
2: it. that's why I was thinking that's nine. Ten. I remember having, so he's not on the roster yet either.
1: That makes it um, 10.
2: Yeah. But I, I wasn't sure if, uh, before Tony said that, uh, Anderson was a corner. Cause they have him as a DB instead of a corner listed on the roster on the one that I was looking at. So, that was my nine, and then I went back and I had nine still. So that's ten. So then um, so let's go mark fields real quick because we did that right. So the next the next one on three five, which was March 5th, was Ross and Marcel Harris to one year extensions, and then mm-hmm. we declined the option for Mark Najoka.
1: Right. So we let Mark walk. Um but then we know about now the tight end position. Let's let's stop here for a second. This is where I think we could possibly see a signing before the draft, or even one after the draft. Uh J- Reed is still out there. He's familiar with the system. He looked good. I don't think his injury was, like, career-ending. And he's going to be really cheap, right? Wouldn't Reed be cheap? And we only have three tight ends
0: on the team right now, right? No, you have Helm, Dwelly, Kittle, Warner, and Chase Harrell. Harrell. Oh, shit, I forgot about Harrell.
1: Um, Yeah, so so I think –
2: go ahead. Sorry. No, no, go ahead. You got it. No, I was just going to say that's why I don't think that we do another tight end because we have five guys that are going into camp, and usually he likes to keep three or four of those. Charlie Warner was a higher pick. For him, that's his guy. Obviously, Kittle, um, and then signing Dwelly to an extension. And those two – I could see maybe if, if one of the tight ends go down, maybe a late <laughs> acquisition of Jordan Reed, uh, bringing him back in kind of like he was where um, uh, Toilolo was, where he just kept coming back and going off, going coming back, going off. So – but I think we see a lot more dwelling this year too, to be honest with you.
1: All right. Well, we know for damn sure that Kittle can't stay healthy. So, Tony, knowing that, did you go – with the roster that you have, or do you? what do you think about bringing back someone like Reed or maybe someone else you have in mind? That's not going to cost a lot of money, but you know a productive player.
0: I mean, I would consider Reed um, because they always wanted to pair Reed and Kittle at the same time. It never happened last year, but we, we could always draft somebody. It doesn't have to be a, a signing. I'm sure they will pick somebody up as an undrafted free agent or even draft someone in the latter part of the draft. There's a couple names out there that are pretty solid players. But we'll wait for the draft show for that as it gets closer. All
1: right. All right. Let's get some order in the court here. Okay. So we talked about the secondary already. We just hey, do did you want it. to know
2: what the next move was.
1: Yeah. What was that one?
2: The next move was Daniel Brunskill and then released Donald uh, Donald Ronald Blair. All
1: right. So let's stick with the offensive line here. All right, we'll go back to Brunskill. Now, guys, this is where I think the Niners really shine this offseason. I really, really do. I think for agency, the offensive line is where we we put ourselves back in playoff position, all right? Uh, and I could be way off here, but you guys let me know what you think, all right? If you look at that offensive line, oh, we still have Kafusi. All right, so I have here... Jake Brindell, right? Uh, Corbin Calfusi. Am I? Is that right? Is he still on this roster? What position? We're offensive line. Calfusi is here. Yes, Cole we have. Him. Shepley, Lincoln have Tomlinson, him. Um, Isaiah Williams, right? Mm. Uh, Justin School, mm. Mike McGlinchy, Trent Williams, Sean Coleman. That's all I have. Am I missing somebody? I'm probably missing a center. Did I'm you say Brendel? Brand- Brand- Alex Mack, Weston Richburg technically is still on the roster. Yeah, mm-hmm. I did say Brendel. I did. So that now let's let let's talk let's talk about the offensive line. Where's the biggest concern right now, guys? <laughs>
0: I I would Um, say – go ahead. No, go ahead, Tom. I I would say maybe if they want to focus on putting Brunskill at right guard, they would have to bring either draft or bring Garland back to back up Mack. So if they want to keep Brunskill on the right side and use Brunskill and McKivitts to compete for the right guard spot, I would bring – Garland back, I would draft somebody. I definitely would draft somebody to groom to take over for Mac maybe next year, or the year after. But I mean, I I can't see this team. I, I think they're pretty much set in their starting five right now. Um I, I can't see them make any big moves unless it's something similar, like when they draft McGlinchey and they traded Brown. That's the only thing I can see, but I mean, I, I think it pretty much stays intact, and it the, the offensive line as a unit should improve just because with the addition of Mac on that offensive line.
1: All right, Nick, I know you wanted to jump in. Go ahead. What are your thoughts on it, man?
2: My weakest link is probably I'm gonna I'm gonna agree with Tony, but I'm gonna go with the right tackle position. I actually like Brunskill. I think – not that I don't like McGlinchey either, but in pass protection, I think he's the weakest link on that line. Um, But going forward, man, like they definitely hit it out of the park here. And you hear every single person talking about it, about how – if you look at Kyle Shanahan's system, every year that he did well, whether he was an offensive coordinator or a head coach, he had an experienced veteran-type center – because in his offense, it's not all offenses. We talked about this before, but you heard Alex Mack, you heard Trent Williams say that Alex Mack is going to be a huge, uh, huge addition to this offense because of the fact that it's the brain. He's going to be the brains of the offense, and you heard Trent Williams say that. And I think it was kind of hitting at things last year as to where, you know, they're calling out the scheme, they're calling out what protection they're in. We didn't have that last year, so I think going out and getting a vet in Alex Mack and going back and look at a Kyle Shanahan system, he was he had his most successful years as a coach or an offensive coordinator when he had a um a veteran type center. So I, I agree, Mike. I think I think the starting five is locked up right now, unless like Tony said, you see something on draft day where it's just a you know we draft somebody else and trade one guy. Uh, but I think the the starting five are locked up, and I think is definitely a hundred. Uh, I would say a hundred percent better than what it was last year, with health health depending.
1: All right, I'm going to switch up the questions here, and we're going to stick with the offensive line. What position on the offensive line has the best depth, in your opinions? Hmm. Huh. Dun dun dun. See, I threw you guys for okie dokie here, huh? I would say the guards. <laughs> the guards have the best depth. I'm gonna be
2: different. Yep. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna say the tackles. Because you just drafted Colt McKivitz. You got Justin School, you got Mike McGlinchey, you got Trent Williams, you got Brunskill who can play tackle.
0: Um McKivitts is playing guard though.
2: Yeah, but he he can play tackle too.
0: Uh, okay. Yeah. I, I just see him competing think- with run skill to start right guard. That's that's what I thought. Well, yeah, he could play. That's you're right.
2: No, I agree with you. I mean, I think like I said, I'm just going by number wise and and depth-wise, what has the most. And I, I don't I think we have more guys that can play. The outside than the inside. But Tony, you might be right. McKivitz might be primarily a guard. I can't remember correctly, to be honest with you. I thought he played I thought he played tackle last year.
0: No, he was draft he played tackle at West Virginia, but when they drafted him, they were converting him to guard because his arms were short on the shorter end.
1: So he had so dinosaur
0: arms. They slid him inside. <clears throat> But he did play tackle in college, right? Yes. yes. Okay. He played okay. all over. He played left tackle, right tackle, left guard, right Okay, guard. that's
2: probably why I was thinking that he can play tackle because I remember him coming out as a tackle. But I could have swore he played tackle last year one, when Mike McGlinchey went down. He came in and played tackle. with Brunskill was at – or Garland was hurt. Brunskill went to center. And then – um who played so maybe it was McKivis that played guard then? Maybe that's what it was. Either way.
1: There were so many damn injuries. Bro. There were so
2: many moves last year as to who was in the game. So
1: crazy, right? All right. So I, I like I like both of the answers. Um, and you know, I I asked that question to kind of prove a point. The offensive line is actually all right. If everyone comes back healthy, right. If McGlinchey improves just a little bit, just a little, just if he just does just one more little, uh, right? The offensive line is actually pretty good this year. If they're healthy, another year in the system, we'll be okay. I think, I, I think we got a really good offensive line.
2: I think if healthy is the best offensive line in the NFC, to be honest with you, if healthy.
1: I like that. I like that, man.
2: Um, and that, that's not just NFC West. That's the NFC. Like, I think their offensive line, I mean, you can look at the accolades and, you know, you can say, oh, well, you have two, you know, a 35-year-old center and you have a 33-year-old tackle. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, you've seen in 2019 when healthy without a Trent Williams, without um, an Alex Mack, which are two guys that are upgrades over what was there um before i mean you've seen what our rushing attack was like and you've seen how the offense moved the ball now you add in a a left tackle on trent williams and a center in alex Mack. this line's that much better than it was in 2019 if healthy
1: i like it i like it all right tony let's do this man i got an idea give me a breakdown of the wide receivers tell me who we have right let's talk about who we have as far as the wide receivers go and how you feel about that group. Again, we're assuming that everyone's gonna come back healthy and ready to participate this year.
0: All right, we got Ayuk, uh, Debo, Richie James, Jalen Hurd coming off an ACL, Benjamin coming off the COVID, River Craycraft was brought back on a one-year tender. They signed a guy by the name of Matt Cole. They just added Trent Sheffield. He's more of a special teams guy. Uh, Jawan Jennings, who's coming off a serious hamstring injury. They added Austin Prohl, who could compete for the slots uh, position, and they brought back Kevin White. Um, All right, here, here's my little question before you keep going. Why
1: on the team website that has Sheffield in here already?
2: Sheffield, yeah.
1: Sherfield is Jordan Matthews still. There? I was
2: just going to ask that too because jo- I see Jordan Matthews is on here. Travis Benjamin's not.
1: Because yeah, I didn't I- think we had Jordan Matthews anymore.
0: I think I think Jordan Matthews was cut, but there's still some guys that are free agents on that roster, according to the site, that were not resigned. Hmm.
2: Tony, let go down your list. I'm going to read off my, what I have for wide receivers. Tell me if they're on yours. All right. Yeah. Chris Thompson. He's cut. He's cut. Yeah. All right, Trent Sherfield. He's there, right? Yep. Debo Samuel. Yeah. Uh Jordan Matthews. No. Richie James. Yeah. Jalen Hurd. Mm-hmm. River Craycraft. Mm-hmm. Matt Cole. Mm-hmm. Brandon Ayuk. Yep. So that's all I have on my list.
1: What about Kevin have- White
0: or Austin Purwell? Should- yeah, you should have Benjamin. Uh Jennings, Proell, and
1: White. Cuz White signed the futures deal in like January or February
0: some shit like that, right? Mm-hmm. And so did uh Proell and right. Jennings as well.
1: All right, so give us your breakdown, man. Let us know what you think about the wide receiver group and uh
0: and how you think I they fare. Th- I definitely think they you need to add one more guy, um whether it's I would actually add a veteran and free MC and draft a young guy too because you got Debo coming off an injury, Jalen Hurd coming off an injury, Travis Benjamin opted out on COVID. Um, so we don't know if he's definitely coming back, but right now he is on the roster. You have Jennings coming off an I- injury. So right then and there you have three question marks out of how many guys that I just named off. Um, I think even Ayuk was banged up, but he finished the year, so you can't really count him. They lost Kendrick Bourne, so you have to replace him somewhere along the line. Um, So I would definitely bring in a veteran, and I would definitely bring in uh, a draft pick, and they will probably add a couple more in undrafted free agency as well. Um, Right now, I think if all healthy, they're trying out Debo and Ayuk on day one the slot receiver spot it's tough because you don't know where hurt is in his ACL recovery you do have Travis Benjamin who could play the slot uh Craycraft is back you have Jennings who's a big physical slot wide receiver but he's coming off the torn hamstring and they signed Austin Perwell as well who pretty much could play the slot um so I do think they need to add a couple more pieces to the wide receiver group definitely
1: All right, now we always—well, I won't say always—but I think we're gonna draft some. Shut up, Nick. I think we're gonna draft at least one wide receiver. Would you make a move in free agency though? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you would. Okay, I would. Good. I definitely I would. I definitely think.
0: I, I don't think you could put all your money on Hurd, Jennings, and Prowell. Or White played slot because Prowell's inexperienced. Those two are coming off injuries. Heard can't stay healthy. Um, so I think you would want, I think Kyle would want a, like a veteran to uh, work the middle of the field to be the chain mover, if you will. Um, something that he tried to do with Trent Taylor, and obviously the foot wouldn't allow him to do it. Um, you know, I said it before there's Golden Tate out there, there's uh, Amendola is out there. Um, I, I don't think Sammy Watkins is a slot guy. I think he's more of the outside. And he would be too much money. Uh, someone just put in here Will Will Snead. I think he's just a guy that'll just take the top off of your defense. Um, and there's a couple guys in the draft that they could look at. Uh, the guy from uh, South Carolina, Shoe, Shoe Smith or something. Shoe. I forgot his name. Shy I Smith. Don't know. Shy Smith. I, don't have, I don't have his list, but you got Rodgers from Clemson. Uh, Darby, I'm very high on. I think he could play the slot. Um, and there was a couple other names that I just can't remember off the top of my head. But I do think they will sign like an Armandola or a Tate plus draft one of those guys because they do need to start – you know, you got to worry about these injuries. Are they going to recover? Like what happened with Trent Taylor, his career went with that injury. So now Debo has the same injury and he didn't finish the season. So now you just got to um, – just got to – be prepared just in case he does not play and he doesn't come back, or he does have to go for another surgery. So those are just a couple names. It's going to be interesting to see which route they go. But I definitely do think a veteran and a rookie will come in.
1: Now, here's a contribution here with the wide receivers. What do y'all think about drafting wide receiver uh Damai, De- Damie? Brown? I'm not.
2: Miami Brown.
1: Is that it, Diami?
2: I think so.
1: Uh, okay. In the second round, he's a beast. Ayuk 2.0 run three receiver sets a lot. He was the best deep wide receiver in NCAA.
0: I I don't think they're gonna go in round two. If they do go in round two, I don't even know if this guy because this guy's on fire right now from what he just did at his uh his workout. Uh, the kid from Purdue, Moore. He, you want to talk about a slot receiver? That is a slot receiver. The guy is fast as lightning. He can run the routes. He he's quick in and out of his breaks. That's somebody that if they are going to pull the trigger, they might even have to jump back up into the bottom of round one to get this guy. That, that uh, there's rumors saying he ran a 4-2 something at his combine. So he's nine. no, yeah. He ran a 4-2-9. So um that's a guy that potentially could be there, but I don't think they're gonna go that route. I think they'll go later in the draft. So but Moore is your, like, typical slot guy. He's low. He's compact. He can run the routes. Um, so that's just one name. And I mentioned the other guys also later on in the draft as well.
2: I really like Shy Smith out of uh, South Carolina. I think he'd be, he's just like – he's like a Debo, another Debo. But, um, yeah, uh, Rondale Moore, he ran a 4.29. That dude's blazing fast blazing fast
1: interesting very very interesting thank you guys for the contributions also alex max signing cheers from san francisco he all, he's always giving us a chip. hey man cheers to you too bro I'm, I'm with you man see i put the sf right in the camera there you see all right so that's the wide receiver breakdown i'm not going to touch on it nick let's break down the running backs bro let's talk about these running backs because as much as I love our running back group, I think we might have to add somebody there because health is a major, major concern in this group.
2: Yeah. Um I'm pulling up the running back
1: now. So, so my- this 49ers website is just trash. Like we can't. It's weird because they have they have uh Shurfield on here, but Chris Thompson on here also. Like, why would they have him listed in in not the other guy removed, and Jordan Matthews. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you if you're gonna add somebody, you can just delete the other per, other person. You know what I'm saying?
2: Yeah. Right now we have Jamichael Hasty, Moster, Austin Walter, Jeff Wilson Jr. Am I forgetting anybody? No, that's it. That's it, right? So Hasty was injured last year. Moster was injured last year. Walter played like what one game. Yep. And Jeff Wilson, Jr. put a lot of special
0: teams, but actually carrying the ball was like one game.
2: <laughs> Just one game running, yeah. um, And then Jeff Wilson, Jr. was injured last year too, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, Did Jeff get injured? I, th- yeah, I thought he, he had
0: a, a hamstring or something. That's when Jermichael Hasey got the carries and he got hurt. Then Jeff Wilson came back.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um, Look, you definitely have to do something here, right? And I understand, you know, Tevin Coleman was supposed to be that guy that could get you those third and shorts, right? He was supposed to be that guy. Uh, then we looked at Jeff Wilson Jr. as that guy. Um, you know, I think you still bring in some type of competition. I think that these four these four guys, well, I'll say three. Hasty Mostert and Wilson will probably be the three that are up um when we do our fifty threes. I gotta remember how to say that 53 50, 55. I think it goes back to 53 this year, right? But I'm not sure. Um, with the whole covet thing. But uh I do want to see more of Austin and Walter. Um, you know, they're all in the same range. Jeff Wilson Jr. is about 213 pounds, Walter's 202, Moser's 205, and then Hasty's 205. Uh Wilson is actually the tallest of the group. I didn't even realize that. I thought he was shorter than. Moster. Um, but, yeah, he th- these guys, I think you bring in another guy. I'm not sure if they go draft one of these running backs that are – I think they find a guy in un- as their undrafted guy um, going into the season. You know how Kyle Shanahan is with his undrafted guys. I think every single one of the guys that are on our team are undrafted guys, aren't they?
0: Yeah.
1: Yo, shit. Yeah. I don't
2: think any of them have been ever drafted, so –
1: Let's go, Bobby Turner.
2: Ah, call back. Oh, stop it! <laughs> stop it! <laughs> no, it just showed. It shows you that in Kyle Shanahan's system, like the way that they scheme and run block. He's particularly a run guy, and that a lot of guys can do it. We talked about this before, but that's no that's no hit to Turner or or the guys that are playing because they got to still run the ball. But the the gaps and the holes that they use with all the misdirection definitely help the running backs.
1: Do you guys feel do you guys feel that this is a position that we could address before the draft?
0: No. I don't think so.
1: <clears throat> is this the, is this the biggest need on the team?
2: I don't I don't think it's the biggest need.
1: Okay, is this the biggest concern on the team? Let me change it.
2: Um, no, not for me. It's not the biggest concern. Me, probably the biggest concern right now is probably still. Uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with the linebacking core. And the reason I do that is because if Fred Warner goes down, what are I understand Dre Greenlaw is there, but then we're at Dre Greenlaw, Aziz, and who?
0: Flanagan Foles.
2: Is Flanagan Foles still here? I thought he was released. Uh-uh. He's still here. Right. So, okay. So, Flanagan Foles. To me, like, I don't know, man. We've seen Hasty come in and perform like as soon as he came in. Like, he was getting good runs. He was getting things until he got injured. Linebacker's a different position to fill if it goes down. We saw when we had to switch around with the whole Juan and Dre Greenlaw out type thing. And leaving Fred on on an island, so I'm going to go with linebacker as my most nervous position about, and it's not because of who's playing there, but if something were to happen, who's playing behind them?
1: All right, so let's stick with the linebacker. Let's keep breaking this position down here.
2: Well, wait, Uh, I want to hear what Tony has to say. Do you, Tony? Do you think that the running back is a a big worry?
0: Oh, I thought he was the biggest worry because they got the most injured people. Well, that's where I was going with that.
1: Like, this is if there was a group that you had to bet money was going to get injured, this is the one. This yeah, this is I, the one. It's like every single one of them got injured last year. I think, I think every single one of them got injured the year before, also,
0: if I'm not mistaken. It they never have like a a true rotation. There's always somebody missing from the rotation, whether it be Wilson, whether it be Mostert, whether it be Hasty. It, it's always like, yeah. They're, even they're
1: when even when Breida was here, even when Breida was here, he was out of the in and out of the rotation all the time. But you, you guys right? would not address this before the draft.
0: I, I don't think that because if you look at the names that are out there, like James Connor, for Nets out there, Duke Johnson. I think he resigned though, but I'll just say his name now. You have Todd Gurley, Le'Veon Bell. I, I wouldn't touch them. Um, Wayne Gomlin is a solid back, but he's like one of those undersized backs. Oh, shit. Um, who else do we have? Uh, McKinnon. He pretty much said he don't want to be here, so don't let the door hit you in the ass on mm-hmm. the way out. He didn't say Peterson, that. Uh, huh? He didn't say that. He, knew, did.
1: he he knew the team wasn't interested, and so they were like, "Are you coming back?" He was like, "Man, fuck no." Yeah, he said it. I, if they um, called him, he'd come running. Don't don't kid oh, yeah, yourself. I, you don't obviously, because job. nobody
0: else wants him.
2: You don't have yeah. another job.
0: Um. There, I mean, there, there's some names out there you could look at, like a TJ Yeldon, but I don't know if he's a good outside zone guy. Um, Brian Hill with Atlanta, he he's he's a pretty solid runner, but we could always go without out for Morris. But no, um, no, we can't. <laughs> I think they're going to stick the way that they do it. If actually, I think they might draft somebody this year late, though. Like maybe round six, they might take somebody. I really like the kid from Oregon State. Uh, I think it's the last name of Jefferson. Let me see. Uh, yeah, Jamar Jefferson. I like him. He's projected to go like four or five in this one book. Um, so I mean, it, it'll be interesting because he could do it all. He could catch, run, block. He's fast. He's got good vision. So I think that's the route they'll go, or um, they stick to the undrafted route. They're pretty successful
1: at it. What if these guys are all undrafted because they couldn't stay healthy in the
0: first place? I don't, I don't think it's that I think number one, Jeff Wilson converted from a receiver to a running back. So right off the bat, he played at in, in college as a wide receiver. And, and now a team wants to transition him to a running back. So I think he's, that's one reason why he went undrafted. Most he was a pure speed guy who didn't fit in six other teams' offensive plans. He was strictly a special team guy. Uh, Austin Walter, he was from, I believe, Rice. Um, Jermichael Hasty, we all know about. So they're guys that seem like if they were on another team, they would not be in the NFL. This is the perfect offense for their skill set, and that's why I think they're – there's success here. So it could be possible that they stick to their, the their philosophy and just go the undrafted route because they have the ability. And, and this is part of like what I was trying to say through text message yesterday with the whole coaching thing, who is more important. Bobby Turner is at the point of his career where he's just straight evaluation. He's trying to find that guy that could, what he sees on film in college and vision and, and transition him to this system. He has to like, you know, project it and, that is what he is good at right now. So because you're the kids, that. their running styles, they developed that like in Pop Warner High School. Either you have it or you don't. You either have the vision, you have the speed, you are that guy that'll just bowl people over. And and that's how you go, like through your whole collegiate career into the pros. That is the type of runner you are. What they could work on is pass protection, shit like that, ball security, and give you tips like. Uh, on a couple like steps as far as your footwork, and, and instead of taking like a full step out of the eye formation, but that that's just that, that Bobby Turner's so good at just seeing it and and projecting it to the Niners' offense, and that's why they've been so successful through the years. Not only with the Niners, with Atlanta, with Denver. So, and if you look at their track record, they really never had a top draft pick. So you're
1: saying Bobby Turner is a glorified scout?
0: Basically. That's mad disrespectful, Tony. Why is it mad disrespectful? He has the ability to find the right people to fit the system. That's a he's, compliment. He's coaching these guys. You don't – all right. Okay. Listen, it's, it's, you got to understand something. Coaching a running back and coaching a quarterback or coaching a defensive end or a defensive tackle are all different philosophies. When you're coaching a running back, you're standing there like this, and you're just watching him do let me
2: Let me ask you this. Who were the running backs here? How long is it? Bobby Turner came with Kyle Shanahan, right?
0: Year
1: one. 17. So we had Carlos Hyde his first year with uh, – with uh, who was behind Hyde? Because Hyde was like – Hyde was with the, the – Shane Drone? No, that was with Chip Kelly, I think. No, that was Chip Kelly. Hyde was the bell cow. It was great Yeah, Matt it. Okay.
2: Yeah, because Breida was behind Hyde, and then Brita took over in the system.
1: Once, Uh, I don't think he ever took over. Not when Hyde was here. That was the closest they came to like a one back like thing I've ever seen Shanahan do. Hyde was like the guy that year.
2: Yeah. So you go and you look at the guys that were here since, other than Carlos Hyde, who was a, a leftover regime guy on a last year of his contract, right. Not making a whole ton of money, and then it wasn't really one of Bobby Turner's guys. And you've seen how the transition just started to take over with Carlos Hyde there. Obviously, Carlos Hyde had a lot of injuries as well. Um, the, oh, yeah, Tim Hightower was there that year, too. I forgot about him, Alfred Morris.
0: But these are all guys that were in Washington with I know, Mike but I'm
2: saying they came over, yeah. But that's what I'm saying. So What did Bobby Turner do to Carlos Hyde to make him anything as in coaching wise? He didn't scout him. He didn't watch him. He just coached him right to where he brought guys in that he's scouted and coached before Tim Hightower uh, uh, Morris and then undrafted guys. So like, who was the only running back that the 49ers drafted so far in Kyle Shanahan's tenure? Williams. Where's he at? So, what does that mean? I just think this team doesn't look at the drafting position for running backs as high as most people think. I think he likes to find guys that have certain attributes and if they go undrafted, he knows that he can work with them. If they fit his system, I don't I think you know, drafting a guy in the second or third round where he hasn't been successful, and you know Joe Williams is a guy that you know could have fit this system, but for whatever reason he couldn't make it.
0: I gotta be honest with you, Joe Williams was a phenomenal fit. He just didn't have it.
2: Oh yeah, he just didn't for for whatever reason he didn't have it and didn't didn't work
0: for whatever that whole game at Levi Stadium, where he ran for over 200 and something yards. He hit the edge and nobody was coming near him. And he just didn't have it in him. That's all it comes down to. Hmm. But it's not a knock against Bobby Turner at all. It's just he's in the point of his career. I mean – he, he his job is just to find the person and try to get them to the fit, like find, identify that person. Because another thing, Mike, is Bobby's Turner has been all been offered offensive coordinator spots over the last probably five to eight years that he's been in the league, and he's turned them down every year. He don't want it. He just wants to do his thing with the running backs. So
1: that's like Surik doesn't want to leave the defensive line position.
0: Yeah. So I I just feel like and, and, and yeah, twenty one years old. Yeah, and, and and don't forget, what's his name? McDaniel's got his hand in the pot, too, with these running backs. Now, yeah. So, you know, it's just not Bobby Turner. I'm not knocking Bobby Turner. He, he's a great person. He's a great coach. He's a great talent evaluator. Great. Scout. Scout. That, that Listen, there's no problem with that. There's no problem with that. I would be – if I had a job as a running back coach and I could take an undrafted free agent and put him in the top ten and rushing <laughs> in the NFL – you can call me an asshole if you want. I, I, I'm i productive. <laughs> so I'm saying That's an accomplishment. That's all it comes down to. That's I'm, I'm going to get Bobby Turner on the show. I'm going to get him on. on. And I'm going to be like,
1: hey, I'm not pointing any fingers, but the other two guys on this screen, other than me and you, they think you're scout. I'm not saying no names or nothing, but they don't think you coach. They think you just say, hey, that guy fits, and that's it.
2: No, I didn't say that. I didn't say you didn't coach. I said he couldn't coach up Carlos Hyde.
0: It's different. Coaching running backs is different, Mike. It's hard. It's very hard to explain. I'm telling you, it's it's different. All
1: right. All right. I don't want to waste time. I'm going to move on. I I digress. I want to back away. Um, All right. So we've gone through the entire offense except the quarterback. We're going to save that for the end. Uh, We talked about defensive line already, right? Did we? No. Yeah, we did. We talked about defensive line. Oh, no. We we didn't go through it in – in order. All right. So Nick, you got the uh list of D linemen over there? Let's break that thing down here and let's talk about the depth there. And then we can see what um what we think or if we need to add anybody else over there. By the way, uh, you guys see that Reed is out in Seattle? The defensive tackle? Yeah,
2: uh Jamar Reed.
1: So is he is he, he like is he 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 wants out because they wouldn't give him an extension? They want him to take a pay cut so they can make some more you know, some more money. And he's saying, well, then extend me, not just rework me and give me a pay cut. And they said, no. Now he's like, all right, well, then I want out.
2: Yeah, they tried to trade him, too.
1: So what does he think he's going to come out and make more money if they let him go? Or is this a principal thing? Like, because he's not... Oh, never mind. I don't know. I don't know why I care.
2: (laughs) I mean, they did a lot of moves over there, too, because they brought in J.J. Watt. Carlos Dunlap went back.
1: It is Brian uh, J. J. Watt.
2: Um,
1: Why'd you say JJ Watt?
2: Uh, not JJ Watt. Um that was Arizona. Carlos Dunlap. Um Carrie Hyder. Uh who was that other defensive lineman they just brought in? I have to look it up, but I don't remember. But they just brought in like three guys defensively.
1: Hmm. All right.
2: Um, so ours
1: is. Uh, wait, hold on! Before you do that, Gallagher, uh, we aren't talking prospects yet. Uh, you know, we're going. I don't even know who Zamir White is. I don't. I don't know who that is. But uh, I didn't want. To, or I didn't want you to think we were ignoring your contribution, guys. I promise you, the draft isn't until April 29th to May 1st. We have all month of draft coverage coming to you guys as soon as April gets here. I promise you guys. Yep. I promise you. I know you guys want us to dig deep into the draft and stuff. And you guys want to know our opinions on the, on all these different prospects. We get into it now or last week or the week before the whole last month leading up to the draft. is going to be very boring. So we are spacing this stuff out. We told you guys it's a long off season. We're doing this for the long haul. I promise you guys, we will get to the draft stuff. I promise. All right, Nick. Sorry. I didn't want to cut you off, buddy.
2: No, you're good. Uh, let's see. Eric Armstead, Alex Barrett, Nick Bosa, Coatney, I forget his first name. Josiah. Uh, Josiah, that's it. What's uh Daniel's first name? Run Skill. No. Oh, Darian. Sorry, Darian Daniels. Uh Samson Ibukam. D Ford. Kevin Givens.
1: I heard it's Ibukam. Ibukam.
2: Ibukam. Okay, Ebu. I know it's Ebu.
1: Ibukam,
2: come. Whatever. All right. Sosa. <laughs> yeah, Sosa. Uh, then, hold on, I lost my place. Oh, Deshaun Hall, DJ Jones, Zach Kerr, Contavious Street, Jordan Willis, Javon Kinlaw. Is that everybody you had, Tony?
1: Did you name D Ford?
0: Yeah. Um, okay. You said Barrett, right?
2: Yeah, Alex Barrett, yeah.
0: Yeah. Bands Ford Givens Ken Law Street Courtney Hall this is Kerr. Well you said Jordan Willis? Yep. Jones. Yeah, that's everybody.
2: This has to be the deepest part of the roster. <laughs> um so Mike, what do you what are your thoughts on that? What do you want to talk about with that? That's all the guys right there. So this huh. year we brought we brought back what well, we brought to the team Kerr. Brought Willis back. Uh, D Ford restructure. Sam uh, Sosa was an addition, and that's it.
1: So I was listening to the the Better Rivals podcast. I'm pretty sure it was the Better Rivals. And if you guys know, if you guys listen to them, you know they're all stats and PFF and DVOA. right? it's just it's just numbers to them, right? And so they were saying that they think Kerr should be the starter, well, the starting nose tackle, or the you know. And I I was listening to what they were saying, and it was all basically because of his PFF stats and pressure rate per snap is what they how they came to that conclusion. Um. When I called my cousin to ask about him, he was saying he shouldn't be a starter anywhere. So that means that the truth probably lies somewhere in the middle. And when I talk about my cousin, he's the Panthers fan. He's the diehard Panthers fan. Like he watches and talks about Panthers the way that we talk about the Niners, right? So what do you, what, have you guys actually watched anything on Kerr? Have you, have you looked, have you looked into him? Tony, you're saying yes. All right, Resident GM, let's talk about it. Is he better than DJ Jones?
0: When Jones is healthy? He's very similar to DJ Jones. He's just more of a hype guy. Um, he's more vocal, very similar statutes. Uh, DJ six foot, three fifteen. This guy occurs 6'1", uh Curtis is six one three twenty five three thirty, big physical run, run plug and uh, nose tackles or zero technique, one technique, whatever the hell you want to call it. Um but he, he's good, and, and you you got to remember something. They love building a beast up front with this defensive line, and, and that's what they're doing. They're going to try it out, DJ Jones. They're going to try it out, Ken Law with the ones. Then you come back with Kerr and Givens. You want to talk about depth, rotation, and keeping legs fresh? That You're not going to get better than this as far as the interior, and you're not even talking about. Darian Daniels, yeah. You're not even talking about the Coatneys, the freaking um, continuous Did you say, say Givens? Well, yeah. that's, that's going to be the back two. It's going to be D.J. Jones and Kinlaw first, and the backups to them would be Givens and uh, Kerr. So I, I just I, – I mean, I like him. I like the signing for a one-year deal. Uh, he's highly rated according to PFF. You know if that makes a deal to you, but I just like what I see from him. He's a an intense guy. He's a non-stop motor, and, and it's a perfect fit for Kosarik. So, well, we got to
2: we gotta look at schemes too, because our defensive front is always taught to do less, right? As in, this is this is what you do. Carolina, you don't know what he was asked of. You don't know what was asked of him to do. You know, same thing that Sosa said from coming over here. He's like, look, I played defensive end on the line almost my whole career. I had to change over to outside linebacker with the Rams, and I didn't even get to showcase half of what I could do. He's like, that's why I like this defense. Um, Because, you know, I think it was Keanu that asked him, well, what do you like so much about this defense? He's like, I just like that my fit here – is I'm going to be able to showcase what I got because there's not a crazy amount of thinking. It's just a straight line and go like do what you have to do. Um, I think that kind of fits into the similarities with going to Kerr too. Mm-hmm. Kerr is, is a bigger guy. He's powerful. You know, he plugs up the hole pretty well. I think he had like nine, nine quarterback hits last year in 2020. Um You know, so look, just do your job. And like Tony said, the rotation is what helped us win a lot of those games in 2019. We were keeping guys fresh on and off the field. And I think that that's really important here. And I think he fits in perfectly, but I don't know, you know, DJ Jones, I told you last year, I felt like DJ slowed down a lot compared to what he was the year before. You know, I didn't see that same DJ Jones last year that I saw the year before that, Um. And he did say that he was nursing ankle injuries, so that could have been a reason. This was his first DJ Jones' first off where he didn't have a nagging ankle injury, so maybe that's what it was last year, you know. But for some rise, for some odd reason, he didn't stand out to me as much as he did the year before. So if he comes back healthier, it, it could be that battle in camp. Who knows?
0: And to be honest with you, I feel like if these guys are all healthy across the board, this whole defensive line group that's on my paper right here, if they're 100% healthy, this defensive line is better than the Super Bowl one because you have more versatility. You can go to a speed package, a big physical package. You can go to a base package and, you know, you could try it out. Bosa and, and Armstead in the interior with Ford and, Sosa on the edges, two speed guys, talk your shit, Tony. And you know, you want to talk about when the Giants had the NASCAR. Well, this this will shit on that. I can tell you that. With those Let's two go. speed teams coming off the end, it's it's all about versatility. And if you look at John Lynch's playing history, what did he play with in friggin' Tampa? He had Simeon Rice, he had Warren Sapp, he had Brad Culpepper, he had I forgot the other ends. Name, but another speed demon. Then what did he do? He went to the Denver, Denver Broncos. Who was there? Andre Ware. Um, uh, who was the other freaking guy? But everywhere he went, the defensive lines, the defense were, were built from the front back. Okay? If I ask you guys right now to name the starting quarterbacks for the Super Bowl team of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, you're going to all say, what, just Rondé Barber? That's it. You don't know who was starting opposite of him because it wasn't about that. It was about that front seven, speed. You had Brooks. You had uh, Nickerson. You had guys that just fly, and, and that's what this defense is. That's how he built this defense. You could, so, go back,
2: you could go back to the hardball defensive line here with the Niners where you didn't know what the hell – who their corners were. Third, yeah. Their corner, you know, Brown and then, like, as soon as they left here, what were they?
0: Exactly. I, I it's, know who it's they were,
1: though. I won't say that they were nobody. But you
2: somebody. won't. You won't, but you're a team, you're a fan of the team, so you know them. But no. if you ask a fan of another team, they're not gonna be able to tell you who those corners hey,
1: are. No, you're right. You're right. You're absolutely right. But I just real quick, Tony, disrespecting my guy, Booger McFarlane. He was on that Tampa team too. Don't don't sit there and try to discount my guy. That's a friend of the show. It's a friend of okay. the show. A good Sorry, friend of Booger. mine. Yeah. yeah. Can't leave out Booger, baby. But Tony,
2: could you imagine putting D Ford and Bosa on the same side with either Javon, Eric, or somebody in the middle, and then having Samson or on the other side?
0: They they I mean, have so many, they have so many different ways they could do it. They can yeah. come out and overload one side and put the speed guy all the way to the opposite side in the wide nine technique and blitz somebody up the middle with a linebacker and you can't – it's very hard to defend, and, and that's what they did. They built a beast up front. Yeah. They have big physical players on the interior of this defensive line. I don't give a shit what anyone says. Buckner, everyone's mad that Buckner left. Well, Buckner wanted 21, million, $22 million. It is what it is. He's a good player. I just can't see – you maintain a team, a roster, when you have to pay a defensive tackle $22 million, where – Aaron Donald is only getting 21 million is single-handedly the most destructive player in the league as for one person. So they went out and got the next best thing. Kinlaw. Yeah, he started slow, but towards the end of the year, he he was giving people fits. Yo, my, man,
2: my man is jacked,
0: bro. Nick,
1: Nick, you did this already. I'm not letting you do this again, bro. I, I don't care, bro. I you doing like... breezy. And I was like, Nick needs a, a moment by himself.
2: Bro, it's not even about that. Like, I just never realized he was that big. Like, like these guys are like crazy, but Mike, Tony, you're right. This this defensive line is gonna be sick. I just
0: wanna... to that's the key.
2: Bro, if we can keep look, D Ford looks like he's gonna play. Like, from what I've seen, he looks like he's gonna play. If you can use utilize him as just a third down specialist. And rotate him in and out with Sam's, with uh, Sosa or Bosa or whoever it is, and keep them healthy and fresh. Yeah, you're one hundred percent right. This defensive line will be that much better than twenty
1: nineteen. I think I think we're all in agreement for the first time on the show's history. Defensive line is the deepest and best position group on the team right now.
0: It, I think it is. Yeah, one hundred percent.
1: This is another Niners first. Oh, let's stop the show. We're happy. Good show. Good job, guys. All right. Thank you guys for ta- no. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Don't start leaving. I'm sorry. Let me watch the viewers. All right. We're good. We maintain. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. All right. So then that's good. Then so I'm going to assume that no, we don't need to address it uh, before the draft gets here. Are we content with what we got, right?
0: I will say if they do address it, that's not a good sign for D Ford. If they if do they add a guy high. if they pick up a defensive tackle? No, I'm talking about the edges. I don't think they'll take a defensive tackle. I don't think they need one. They don't I mean, need this one. this be right?
2: the first year that we don't draft a defensive lineman in yeah, the
0: No, because I still think it's possible. If D Ford is not where he needs to be by that <laughs> draft. I mean, listen, you could jog all you want in shorts and a T-shirt. It's about when you put the pads on and you're making contact. So if – if they're getting a re like a feeling on him that he's not going to be able to handle that, and they takes they they'll take somebody high in this draft. Definitely. And it's going to be the similar type to what D Ford is. The type of player he is.
2: Bro, I think this is the first year we don't draft the defensive lineman in the first round. Well, actually, I can't say that because we draft well. We drafted uh, Mike McGlinchey.
1: McGlinchey was the only first round pick that year, right?
2: Yeah, Mike McGlinchey was the first round. That was it. I keep forgetting about him.
1: And they've regretted it since, so they're going back to what works. Defensive lineman, just not Solomon Thomas. So, All right. Um, Did we discuss the linebackers in depth? Did we run down the whole roster of linebackers?
0: Uh, No. I can read it real quick. It's uh, Flanagan Falls, Dre Greenlaw, Warner, Jonas Griffith, and um, Aziz Al-Shahir. All right, so this is my
1: question to you guys because I keep hearing people say that we need more, we need more. I like the trio of Warner, Greenlaw, and Aziz, right? I keep hearing people say we need more depth, we need more depth because if one of these guys go down, then what? But you can't have a backup for every single starter on your roster. Is this one where we need to have more for backups?
0: You do because your backup linebackers are your source of your special teams. So but you, you, we lost two special team players, Joe Walker and Zoucha. You need to replace them because now you have two openings on your special teams. But You so really so- don't see defensive linemen sprinting down the field. It's majority of safeties, corners, running backs, fullbacks, uh, tight ends, linebackers that – make up your special team units right but sosa played uh
1: linebacker and he was on the ram special teams unit yeah so that replaces, that replaces one of them there yeah
2: and hey, well it depends on where he puts them at in the position wise because i don't think he's going to be playing outside linebacker here i think he's going to be playing defensive end
1: but he's still going to be a gunner on special team he, he'll still He'll still do that role, yeah. Yeah, they yeah. Move him to a defensive lineman doesn't mean that he's not going to still play special teams, right? Anymore. Right, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I do, I, I know everyone keeps saying it. I don't think that it's another position of need now. If they draft somebody, that's different, right? If you go out and you get somebody in the draft, especially like you said later in the rounds, he's gonna have to solidify himself on special teams because he's not cracking that starting lineup unless a Z somehow takes a major step back. So, I don't think that. Anybody we draft is getting in this lineup.
0: Even if we draft somebody. They want a competition for Aziz. I
2: I think you can upgrade over Aziz, to be honest with you. I mean, I like the kid, but he's also just because he has really good speed. But he's, he's not the best tackler. Like, I mean, we saw when he had to move inside and play. A couple games of how he was. I I think you can easily upgrade over Aziz.
1: Right. The problem though,
0: with the Aziz is, is he plays. Oh, go ahead, tell me The problem with Aziz is they're in nickel so damn much. Aziz is irrelevant. So when they're in base, then you have to worry about it. But you're in nickel more than you are in base in the league today. So well, that's, that's, why I, that's why I think they'll I was, invest big. Right.
1: Yeah. That's that's what I was getting at. Is that where he, the position he plays? naturally in our system, there's not much of a need. For, you're not drafting that replacement. You know what I'm saying? Now, again, if you get it later in the draft, and that's fine. But it's not going to be one of the first three rounds that you're going out there trying no, to get. I, for him.
2: I agree with that. But I was just saying when when we're saying that somebody can't uh, come in here and replace him, I think if they draft a guy that they like, what no matter whether it's round three to seven – there is a chance for him to compete against him and replace him. I think you can upgrade at that position. Um, And like I said, that's not anything against Aziz. I think he's good when he's like, he's a good dude, but I think there's a lot of room to where he can improve when he's on the field.
1: And JT, we, we let your comment hang up here a long time. Yes, it was a joke. I'm glad you guys caught it and appreciated it, my man. All right. I just wanted to let you guys know it was just a joke. He said, what's the first name? And I said Brunskill. I know it was a joke. All right. A lot of fun. Ba-da-cha. All right. Now get this off of here. See you later, alligator. All right. So do you guys think we end up picking up a linebacker before the draft? Because that's the question we're asking for everything.
0: I think they could. They're in talks with a guy, from uh, Jerry from Philly. They're in to- with Hewitt from the Jets. He was mm-hmm. a very productive linebacker from the Jets, so that means –
1: Last year, yeah, he got his opportunity to play more games. And, that
0: mean, and even Jerry was productive, productive, but, I mean, that means they want to really push Aziz, so. Is that what you interpret by looking at this guy from the Jets? Yeah. You right. we could interpret other things, but – now let's talk I'm about the elephant it. in the
1: room, man. Let's, let's talk about it. They're looking at all these linebackers, and before it was like, all right, that's a depth piece. All right, that's a depth piece. But now they're talking about this guy here, and it's like, all right, well, you look at his production and what he's able to do. This guy is a starting caliber linebacker in the NFL. And now I want to know, is it possible, is it possible the team is either preparing for a Fred Warner holdout or preparing to move on
0: from Fred Warner because of a potential trade? Could be but now I think it, it kind of like bogged down because of what's going on.
2: I, 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 I said before, I think when we were talking about the trade with Sean Watson, that I would be, I would not be shocked if Fred Warner was included in that due to the fact of his contract coming up so much so close. Um, and we had to cut and save money. Um, look, it's a business. I'm not going to count anything out. You know, I wouldn't have thought that they traded DeForest Buckner either, because of how much they loved him and talked about him. The same with Fred. But in the end, it's a business, and if you're not going to be able to come to terms and pay the guy, because he's gonna he's gonna deserve to be paid like one of the top two linebackers in the NFL,
1: he's gonna get the biggest contract that uh, right, right. But I'm
2: saying like that's what I'm saying. So he's gonna be one of the top top two guys, probably the top linebacker in the league. And the reason we shipped off as far as Buckner is, because he wanted to set that record with defensive tackles. Now you go and say, oh, well, they did it with Trent Williams. Well, I think left tackle is a lot more of a a more important position than a defensive tackle. So um, you give him that type of money. And I I wouldn't be – I'm not going to say that they're going to trade Fred Warner, but that's always been in the back of my head. I think they would get rid of Fred Warner before they got rid of Nick Bosa.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. Um, and I'm not, i don't only think. All right, this is where I'm. I'm not going to put too much out there. I don't think Deshaun Watson is the only player the Niners would trade. Fred Warner for. Can
2: I think either? Sam Darnold too.
1: I don't. Whoa! You th- you don't? Wouldn't you rather give up a pick to get Sam Darnold?
2: Yeah, but I'm just saying, they if they're trying to offload money, I wouldn't be surprised. And it's, and it's Robert Sala. Okay. So I, I'm not saying that I would – I think that's a fair trade. I mean, obviously, we would have to get something back. Sam Darnold, Fred, get Fred Warner, like, and if you want to pick, like, we're getting something else back. But, hey, you never know. It could be something in a move up.
1: Okay. All right. In the draft, it All could right. not
2: even be for Sam Darnold.
1: I like the way you're thinking. I like it. Get those juices flowing. All right. So that's that. All right. So it's possible that we do sign someone. We heard the rumors about the Niners looking at different linebackers. It is possible that we go after somebody and uh, somebody else in free agency at that position. Uh, we did corners. We did the secondary. So that leaves us with only what. And we're not going to do. We're not doing special team, uh, special kickers. We're not doing that. So. The the we, quarterback position is all that's left, right? Yeah, we did the O-line, yeah. Okay. So just the QBs. All right, so here we go. What does it say? In a potential Watson trade, keep Bosa and Warner, trade Kittle. That's what I would do. Kittle would be the first person I threw in there. And it's not because I don't like Kittle. I hate when people think that I don't like Kittle. I absolutely hate that. I just don't think that Kittle's style of play, which affects his availability, makes him worth that contract. I say you let him go the money you will save and you can get more production from somebody as far as yards. You can get that from somebody else. The problem team was built the way he wants it to be a Titans never getting a thousand yards here. That's my opinion.
2: The problem, the, the problem with most 49ers fans are they get so glued to players. Mm-hmm. And in the end, like I, to me, like, yeah, I'd be hurt if Kittle got traded. I'd be hurt if Bosa got traded. I'd be upset if Warner got traded. But in the end, I'm rooting for the emblem that's on the helmet and the and the, the front of the jersey. So, to me, it's a business, and you have to do what you got to do to make all things work because there's going to come a time where look how much we sweat this year about how were we going to sign people because of the cat. Like, there's going to – look, if you go and you look at 2023, we have 25 guys on roster in 2023, but only like – probably $25 million or $30 million accounted for in cap. So, like, it's going to come again to where when it's time to pay Nick Bosa and it's time to pay Nick uh, Nick Bosa and Fred Warner and, uh, you know, whoever else it may be, like Alex Mack isn't young in three years, like two years, like you don't know. There's there's a ton of things that you have to do to move on, and we we as fans can't get stuck to a player. Like, I, I understand getting stuck to Hall of Fame-type players that played for the 49ers. But you got to look at this as a business. And while you may not like it, everybody's replaceable in one, one way, shape, or form.
0: Mm-hmm. No, I'm going to say this right now. They trade Bosa, I will lose my shit. Yeah, I'm no. no. You, will, this team has oh, struggled for years, for years to find a pass rusher. And they have one. You don't trade him. I'm sorry. You don't. Because now you will have – Huh?
2: Out of those three, Tony, who you trading first? Warner,
0: uh, Bosa, Kittle. Bosa is definitely not even the candidate to be traded for anything. No, he's saying, he's saying out of those three, which one? So, no, I know. I'm just saying. He's not even in the equation. So it would be either Warner or um, Kittle. Kittle. I, to be honest with you, I just looked at Kittle's contract. I, I don't know how we could trade Kittle because it's almost sixteen million dollars in get dead cap if it's pre-June one. For trade or cut? Trade. So it's kind of like how do you even what is the post June one? Huh? Oh, wait, no, no, that wasn't Kittle. I was looking up Nick Bosa. I'm sorry. Wait, I look kittle right and now. And
2: he and he's up what next year is his last year on his contract, isn't it?
1: Who no, he's got he's got this year and next year, and then and then the, the
0: fifth option. year. Yeah, like right, right. That's,
2: no, that's what I was saying. But technically, until the fifth year option, he's only got next year. So this year that we're in twenty twenty one, and then twenty twenty two.
0: What is going on here? This site sucks.
1: <laughs> I I don't want to ask what site you're using.
2: Are you using Over the cap? or no,
0: spot right rack.
2: I, I can't stand spot, rock. <sighs> Haters.
1: Everybody.
0: Page unresponsive. Okay, so uh, that gets a nice fuck you and keep moving. I think. I think that we could
1: trade Kittle. I don't think it's going to cost that much. I need so to-
2: here's Fred, here's Fred Warner's numbers for you. Fred. Trade post June or pre June first.
1: He's still on a rookie contract, so.
2: it's two hundred and fifty-two thousand. Yeah. Dead Money. Tap savings of three thousand or three million three hundred and eighty-four thousand. Same for, for post June first. And then I'll give you who who did you want? Kittle?
1: Yeah. Tony, you had a great point though, man. This team searched and searched and searched and searched for a good edge rusher. And they finally got one just to trade him away two years later. I don't think so.
0: There's no right. way they could do it. They would. They,
2: it's 17. 179.
1: 17 to trade him.
2: Pre-June 1st.
1: Right. But what is it post-June?
2: That's what I'm getting right here. Uh, Post-June is $5,300,000.
1: Dun, dun, dun. You know what that reminds me of? There's Sean Watson's contract. Post-June and pre-June.
2: That's dead money, and then one hundred and fifty thousand in cap savings. But next year you would save twelve million dollars, and it would only be four million dollars. Dead money.
1: See what I'm saying? <laughs> so, did you give an answer, Tony? Out of who you would send
0: first? I, I don't know. I, I really don't know. It's tough. I love what Kittle brings to that offense, and he Warner is.
1: Warner is healthy.
0: He's always there. He's the best at his position in the NFL. Uh, it, it, it's it's really tough because uh, you know I know your theory is he's not going to have a long career because of his style, but there's his style, more his age. There's more to it than just him bowling people over. He's great in the run game, man. He seals that edge like no tight end I ever see, like Bavaro type blocking. He's a, he's a really a good tight end. He's 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 one of the best and tight ends. And if this eight games a year? With, huh? For eight games a year? Well, we're not going to get into that because he got hurt both these last two seasons from poor quarterback play. So you take the poor quarterback play, instead of him jumping seven feet in the air and overextend himself and getting his foot caught, his knee buckled, he's healthy. Too his main issue is his shoulder, and he plays through it. So... I don't know. I, I just feel he's. I don't know. It's a tough. It's tough, man. I'm, I'm not getting rid of Warner,
2: of- and only for the fact that George Kittle's already paid. So <laughs> Fred Warner's not out of those two.
1: So you're gonna get rid of the cheaper guy.
2: You keep the guy that's already paid for and already accounted for, compared mm. to the guy, dude. You're gonna be paying him probably twenty million a year.
1: Linebackers don't make that much. What are you talking about, bro? What's
2: the highest? I'll tell you right now what the highest line
1: linebackers is. don't make that much. He might top out at 14 million a year. I I would give him 15. I'd say 15 yeah. his He's number. Not, he, do. he, linebackers don't make 20 million a year. Bobby
2: Wagner's 20. making 18.
1: That's his cap hit. That's not what his average a That's year. That's his is.
2: average a year. 18.
1: No, what's his cap hit?
2: Bobby and then CJ Mosley's the next one. His cap hit this year's Seventeen million one hundred and fifty thousand. Bobby Bobby Wagner is the highest paid linebacker in the league right now. Out of here at eighteen million a year. Seventeen for CJ Mosley. Zach Cunningham fourteen point five. Miles Jack fourteen point two. He's gonna make twenty million a year. I
1: swear, in my head, I live in like two thousand and three. Bro, you said ten
2: million. (laughs) What What was the number you said?
1: I said fourteen or fifteen.
2: Yeah, so Zach Cunningham is at fourteen five. Levante David's making twelve five a year. Fred Warner is going to get Jalen
1: Smith, Quan Alexander, Alec, Anthony Barr, Shaq Thompson, Deion Jones, Miles Jack, Zach Cunningham, C.J. Mosley. What year?
0: What year is he on in his contract? Uh, what's his name? Bobby Wagner. Yeah. Uh, is this the last year of his contract? Hold on, I gotta go back. I'm trying here. to see if it's like inflated because of the end of the deal.
2: No, that's next year. Next year. Crazy. Next year he's making 20.35, 20 million three hundred and fifty thousand next year. He
0: will not make that, I promise you. He will be cut or restructured. What did he make last year?
2: Uh 14. His cap number last year was 14,750.
0: And what did he make the year before that? 15.8. Right there. That's the number. What was what did you say? 14 and 15.
2: Right. But don't, when you go to set new cap numbers, I'm telling you, he's going to be up there in the beginning of his years. And the fifth or fourth year, in that contract, he's going to be at 22, 23 million.
1: That's what it's going to look like on paper. It's just like Trent you know Williams I think on
2: paper. was getting $21 million either. What?
1: Trent Williams on paper looks like he's getting 23 1, but he's not getting that. He's not getting that the first three years. No. You know what I'm saying? So that's what it looks like. So I understand. I do. I understand what you're saying, but Fred's not getting $20 million a year. He, he's not going to get that kind of money. Linebackers don't get that kind of money. I know what it looks like. I, I hear you. And I understand what you're saying. Right. It's just, it's just like me saying, remember, we were all talking like Trent Williams, 33 years old. We w- I wouldn't give him more than 20 million a year. Right. right. And then they were like, no, you got to reset the market. 23 million is the highest. You got to pay him over that. Right. Everybody was actually right. Per year, it breaks down to $23.1 million a year. Right, but it depends other, on
2: your guarantees and all that other stuff you get. But it's in. because
1: that very last year is like $34 million. You know what I'm saying? Like that very last year, it jacks up his cost, where if you look at just the first three years and then before the option, it's only $20 million a year. So everybody was right with saying, I wouldn't pay him more than this, but you got to pay him this. Everybody was right. And so it's going to go to the same thing. What you're saying is it's going to average... a year for Fred Warner's contract. You're absolutely right. But that's not the money he's really going to be getting. Oh, I don't
2: know what's going to directly go into his bank account, but his average a year is going to be around $20 You know, I I find it funny because we're talking about that real quick. Albert Breer put out a tweet today, right? He says, just a refresher, voidable years aren't team options. Because remember how we always talk about team options? He says they're literally fake years. Language usually reads that the remainder of the deal voids if the player – is on the roster on X date, designed solely to spread out the cap hit for money spent with cash account and foreign bonuses. So those years are basically fake years.
1: Well, that's what I said. I said it's the Anquan Bolden deal all over again with the voidable... It kind of is a
0: team option because the team has to decide whether to cut them. So it kind of is a team option.
1: Right.
2: So they're not technically... So just like we were talking about where... Well, I was trying to bring up is when we say we have an out that is that out right because it's it's basically a fake year and it doesn't become an actual contract until april 1st of that of that year or whatever that that you know that date is on that year but i just found that interesting that he's he basically said yeah they're fake years it's just to move cap money around so that's one of the ways that we talk about how you can move caps around
1: all right so brandon thanks for the contribution he says watson may go exempt list for 2021 and if that happens according to the cba he still counts against team cap we're not paying that against cap for a player we can't use plus potential suspension in 2020 all right so that that's being as negative as humanly possible uh it counts against the team cap but it's put on hold and when he comes back it resumes from where he started where he left off so even if he's on the exempt list for an entire year when he comes back his money is accounted for it's in like an escrow account but then it starts from there. It doesn't start his new deal. So even if he doesn't play this coming season and he doesn't play until 2022, it'll be on the last year of his rookie deal deal still. And the cap space has gone way up. It'll be fine. I'm not saying that we're going to go get him and it's worth it and all that shit. That's not what I'm saying at all. I'm just explaining how, how the exempt list works.
2: Well, I mean, plus you got to look at it this way too. Whatever. If a team goes out and trades for him right now, they're going to restructure his contract to where he's making the least amount of money that he can this year with voidable outs in his contract in case something happens.
1: They're not, I, he's not going to sign anything close to that. He's going to, when he gets traded, that contract is going with him.
0: Who? He's, he's not
1: going to sign. You talking about Watson?
0: Yeah. He's not He's well, not signing another contract before the, he even. This the year, one. they don't have to touch this year. Next year, they would touch because this year he's only on the books for like 10 or 11 million. Next year it goes up to like almost 40. So what they could do is they could restructure his 40, convert it from uh cap hit to to signing bonus, right? And lower it, and that's how you can manipulate it. So
2: I'm just saying, you don't think teams are gonna you don't think teams are gonna protect themselves if they trade for him right now with all the allegations going on?
0: That's why I don't think nothing's gonna happen. I think all these teams are afraid. I really do.
2: I think. In that whole situation, I don't want to get stuck on that, but in that whole situation, I think Deshaun Watson's more screwed about time limit-wise and the Houston Texans are time limit-wise from the NFL. I think all the other stuff is going to be, you know, figured out way before what the NFL figures out. And we know the NFL is a slow process of...
1: Well, the NFL was very proactive. They already reached out to the lawyer that's defending the females. Right for information so they can start their own investigation they reached out to the police department for reports and that's when we heard that there was nothing filed because the nfl criminal charges filed huh there was no criminal filed right yeah the nfl reached out to the local police departments and said hey what's been filed against them and they were like yeah there's nothing here it's only it's only civil shit so now they're going to start doing the criminal stuff but there was nothing there before so the nfl has been proactive because they need to know if they need to put them on the exempt list What they don't want is for this black eye, black eye, not black guy. They don't want for this black eye to go out there and be taking snaps. And that's what's being discussed the entire game. You know what I'm saying? Like, here we are. Now we're talking about him because it's someone that we thought we could be potentially trading for. But this is the talk of the entire league right now. And the NFL does not want that. We want you guys excited about the draft. We want you guys excited about your teams. They don't want that.
0: (laughs)
2: They want you to be excited that you boys and girls can go to Cleveland and watch the draft in person.
0: Why is there a Vikings fan in here talking shit?
1: Look at all these different uh, styles. Yeah. We didn't have to be blocked the whole time. We were putting it all big and stuff. What are we doing, Nick? We got to step our game up.
2: That's new. Uh, That's new.
1: these are new. Oh, that's why. Yeah. All right.
2: Never liked that before. You never could pick which one it was.
1: No, yeah. So Brandon, I'm not saying that the money doesn't count against the cap. It absolutely does, but it's put into an escrow. He won't get it until after he starts playing again. That's what I'm saying. So it's not that the money doesn't count. It's just like a it's it's I don't know how to explain an escrow. It's a savings account. Yeah, it's like a separate account where if if I owe Tony hundred million dollars, right, and I'm making payments every month of one million, all right. It's you can have an escrow account that has the money there and it'll pay it to him in the increments that we agree to. Like, it's like, it's there for when he needs it. It's, it's, it's like say. your
0: mortgage. It's, it's like, it's your, like mortgage. your mortgage. You pay, mortgage. <clears throat> you pay a mortgage, X amount goes into an escrow account that pays your taxes. Right. Or if
2: you have a landlord and you're renting and let's say your house, some a pipe breaks or something and your house is inhabitable, you put that it's not like you don't pay your rent anymore. You put yeah, that you money put into, into an escrow. An escrow. Right. And then when you can move back in your house, that money, you release that money to the landlord from the right. escrow.
1: Right. That's how it's supposed to be. Right. You idiots like my, never mind. Like people I know who say, oh, well, they didn't fix anything. So I'm not paying rent. That's not how it works. Not how it works. <laughs> that's not how it works. You can't go on bougie spending. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's not how it works. Put that money away. Trust me. Trust me. Trust me. Put it away. All right. So, I think we did the whole group except for quarterbacks. Let's wrap this thing up here in the next couple of minutes, guys. We got to talk about the quarterbacks. There's only three on the roster. We have Jimmy Garoppolo, Josh Rosen, and Josh Johnson. Okay? Those are three quarterbacks on the roster. I think we're all content with those guys. Uh, John Lynch and Kyle have come out and said over and over they need to upgrade the backup position. I think this team actually has faith in Jimmy Garoppolo. I think with this new offensive line, They think that Jimmy can maintain his composure and feel confident again and be the Jimmy that we saw at the end of the Super Bowl run regular season. Be the Jimmy that we saw when he first came with the simplified offense. I don't think Kyle's afraid to revert back. I think Kyle wants to do more and wants to open this thing up, but I think that Kyle wants to win more than he wants to do that. If I have to win by doing X, Y, and Z instead of A, B, and C – then fine, we'll we'll X, Y, and Z this bitch all the way through. What do you guys think about the quarterback position? And is this Minshew mania a thing? Because we got to talk about this. We we haven't talked about it on this show yet. So let's talk about the quarterback position, guys. How do you feel about it, first of all? And do you think we address it before the draft? Tony, you take it You want
0: to go first? Go ahead, Tony. All right. I, I think the quarterback position needs to be addressed. Um, what do I think is going to happen? I think Jimmy will be here and he will play this year um, because of all the upgrades that they did to this offensive line. Uh, the key factor to me is, number one, they didn't touch his contract. And number two, when you start talking about and worrying about upgrading your backup, that's an issue because that means there's serious question about your starter. Whether it's performance or it's health, um, I the Niners have been on an every in on every quarterback that's been available, from Stafford to Darnold to uh, Matt Ryan to freaking Flacco. I mean, everybody, and Trubisky, everyone that was on the market. They were they kicked the tires or did their uh, due diligence on them. So basically, what I think is happening at forty nine forty nine is there's a big whiteboard. on top of it, it's Jimmy Garoppolo, and then next to it, it's every quarterback that they could potentially get their hands on that's available via trade, via free agency, or via draft. and they're they're doing their due diligence due diligence on all those players, and they're trying to figure out the best way to go about this. I think we could all agree what Jimmy makes and how he performed and how many games he's missed since he's been a 49er. It doesn't line up, okay? Um, The poor throws, the poor uh, quarterbacking in the Super Bowl. um, There's games where he'll wow you, and then there's games where you're like, what the hell is he looking at? Um, So I I think this year – if there's a, a way that they could upgrade it, I think they're going to do it. And I think this whole thing with, you know, the New England being the option A, for Jimmy's option A, I honestly feel that the way this team operates is you saw it with Trent Brown and Mike McGlinchey, They keep their mouths shut until they lock the new person up, then they get rid of the old. So until they solidify the, a, a guy coming in, Like, you know, everyone was like, oh, shaking their head about Joe Flacco. From what I read today, like on Twitter and all these articles that come out, they went pretty – they really wanted Flacco to come to San Francisco. Now, what that tells me is this is a guy who's played for Gary Kubiak in Baltimore and actually outperformed Jimmy Garoppolo's 2019 stats Played with Scangrello in Denver before he got hurt with his neck injury or back, whatever the hell it was. For them to go after him, that tells me that he would have been the bridge, potentially, or at least he would have been the backup. I think a deal, if once they solidify and figure out who that guy is and they can get him in here, Jimmy's gone. That's just my opinion. Whether it's going to be a draft, where they move up in a draft, whether it's trading for Sam Darnold, Teddy Bridgewater, whoever the hell it may be. I do think that they are seriously looking to upgrade this. And if you listen to John Lynch and Kyle, the number one thing that they kept saying was we're looking to upgrade our whole quarterback room. So guess what? That means everybody. So it wouldn't shock me in the draft day trade, once they solidify trading up for somebody that they trade Jimmy to New England. Um, I know people are saying, well, New England just signed Cam Newton. Yeah, well, if you look at Cam Newton's contract, there's only $3 million guaranteed. So that tells you absolutely nothing in what they believe in him and what they feel about him. Now, Gardner Minshew. Gardner Minshew's had ties to Kyle Shanahan in the Senior Bowl. Um, Played very well in the Senior Bowl. Uh, I know they ran a brief offense of what Kyle runs in San Francisco at the Senior Bowl. And statistically, I wish Mike was here because he had the exact stats. I think it was 21-6 and for 10 games for 3,200 yards in Jacksonville as a starter with less talent around him, less coaching around him. And, you know, you're not looking for this guy to come in and be your franchise quarterback. You're looking to bring him in. It's going to cost you late-round picks. He's still – Two years under contract for under a million dollars each year, and then you go get your guy in a draft. Now, who that guy is, I couldn't even freaking tell you. But the difference is the play of Minshew, the play of Sam Darnold, the play of this one, the play of that one, and then you look at Jimmy. And the problem is Jimmy's like there's something's not right. I'm not saying all these guys are better than Jimmy, but they move around the pocket better, they feel the pressure better. They, they make the throws that need to be made. Now, if you transition them into this offense where a player is schemed open on every play, all you need is a quarterback just to make that throw that's schemed open. We've seen it all year, guys running across the field wide open, and Jimmy don't see it. So that's just my, like, quick overview of this. Um, we do have Jimmy, we do have Josh Rosen, and we do have Josh Johnson on the roster currently. Do I think all three of these guys will be here when the 53 or 55 is? (coughs) I think so. Um, And it all goes by what they do, what route they decide to go, because I'm sure they have five or six different scenarios. So it's going to be interesting as we get closer to see what they do and how it pans out. Very good rundown
1: there. Nick, I can't wait to hear yours because then I'm going to go berserk. After you,
2: I forget what the question was. <laughs>
1: the question is about so an, or, an overview on the on the position of the quarterbacks, and okay. then are this Gardner Minshew stuff.
2: Um, all right. I do I do feel like this team is happy with Jimmy Garoppolo. I feel like they feel like they can win football games with Jimmy Garoppolo back there. I think. Upgrading at the center position was a big factor and helped in that position as to keep Jimmy Garoppolo uh, because of the fact that, you know, you heard them guys say that center in this offense is the brain of this offense. As in, you know, we look at last year, last year, Jimmy got hurt. Obviously, last year, Jimmy made a lot more mistakes across the middle of the field, throwing the linebackers than he did the years before. Um, Then. You go into our offensive line play, piss poor last year. Jimmy Garoppolo obviously didn't go out and win us every single game in 2019, but he also didn't lose us every single game either. Um, My thoughts on Jimmy is this team, look, if, if, if we didn't need the cap money this year, I don't think there would be as many fans as saying get rid of Jimmy Garoppolo. If we would have wouldn't have been injured last year and made a run last year, I don't think people would have been saying, get rid of Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, There were a lot of factors last year that played into that. Now, did Jimmy play piss poorly last year when he was in there? Yeah. Was it all on him? A lot of it was on him, I would say, but I don't think all of it was on him. Um, I wouldn't be surprised that John Lynch and them talked about upgrading the backup position because of the fact that C.J. Beathard and Nick Mullins were both gone. So you had Josh Johnson, and you just kept Josh Rosen. So you obviously want to bring in competition because neither one of those guys other than Josh Johnson you know much about. You got Josh Rosen at the end of the year last year due to injuries. You saw a little bit of him. Uh, Maybe he's not the guy. Maybe he is the guy uh, for that backup position. But I wouldn't be surprised to see this team draft a quarterback in the first round and see what he has, either A – you got the same amount of outs this year. You're going to say you're going to have 2.4 dead money this year and 1.4 next year on Jimmy Garoppolo. You've already got pretty much all your your, uh, your cap done for this year, bringing your guys back that you wanted. You're going to keep Jimmy. If you happen to, if the, the rookie at, happens to do really well in camp and you have an out and you can keep another guy and whoever's on your roster – I don't think Gardner's going to cost you a ton of money, and I'll talk about him in a minute, but I wouldn't be surprised to see the, the Niners draft a quarterback and utilize him to push Jimmy. Now, we know that Jimmy didn't start here right away. We all kept saying, where's Jimmy at? Why is Jimmy not out here? We're 1-9 in nine, or whatever we were at the point. Why are we not seeing Jimmy Garoppolo? We just traded, right? It took a while for him to get – because he came in, what, October? So it was three months before he even started. Close to, right? So, And we heard that he was going to work with Shanahan, Mike Shanahan, to get the playbook down. And Kyle was spending day in, day out to get that playbook down with him. So three months later, he comes to start. Why aren't why, – look, post-June 1st, we save just the same amount of money in cutting Jimmy Garoppolo if we can't trade him. You bring in a guy first round. You see what if, if it's your guy that you like, I'm not saying go reach for somebody. But if you see a Justin Fields or a Trey Lance or a Zach Wilson or somebody that you really want in this system, make the moves to do it. Take the chance on Jimmy still being here and grooming that guy to be your guy. And then if he works out and he's gonna be your starter or Jimmy gets hurt, that's when you cut him. You save them, you you save the same amount of money. Or you hold him on this roster till next year. So your rookie gets situated with your he's got a whole year to learn your system. And then he takes over for Jimmy and you're saving another million dollars next year. At, well, you're losing your less money because it's dead money, one point four million stuff. Um Gardner Minshew, I don't I don't think he'd be a bad backup, but I also don't know. I I mean, you know, he couldn't he lost a job to Nick Foles. And then, like, and then just kind of disappeared. And then Nick Foles wait, got wait, hurt.
1: Wait, 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 Did I thought Nick Foles was the starter, and then Minshew was Minshew the backup. was the starter first. No, and then I they now Foles traded for Nick deal. Foles. What? Where did Nick Foles just sign a big deal? Chicago. Oh, and they traded. No, no, no. Him. Nick Foles, did Nick Foles? Nick Foles. Nick Foles got money somewhere, and then I thought he got hurt, and they put in Minshew. <clears> I thought Minshew was the backup previous year. Foles was a starter, and then he got hurt or Minchu, whatever.
2: Minshew took over in 2019. For who? For uh, um,
1: Bortles. Bortles, right. So he, he was a he- the
2: starter. Then the fi- following year, they traded for Nick Foles, right?
1: That's what I thought, and I thought they gave Foles a, a contract.
2: They gave Foles know. a big contract and was the starter. So that you didn't, they didn't, they weren't sold on Minshew, and Minshew played really well. So they went out and traded for Nick Foles from the Eagles.
1: Nah. Yeah. Hold on. I got I I I could swear that when the season started, Minshew was the backup. Yeah,
2: after, after they sold after, yes, that's what I'm saying. After they went and traded for Foles, he was the backup. When he was running the Jacksonville team, and it was the Minshew mania, then they went out and traded for Nick Foles. Then when Foles got hurt, Minshew came back and started playing, and then they that's when they got rid of Nick Foles.
1: I'll be damned. Minshew was the, fuck, the freaking starting quarterback, September 13th.
2: Yes, he was the starter. Oh, shit.
1: All right, Nick, my bad, my bad, bro.
2: <laughs> so then you go out and trade. So how much, oh. you know, obviously that's Jacksonville. There's not a whole lot around him. You know they get rid of everybody down in Florida. Florida teams, whether you're a Marlins fan, a Heat fan, whatever you are, they get, they get rid of everybody in Florida for some odd reason. But uh, I don't know. I just don't know enough about him. Do I think he can come in here and competently throw the football around and and throw the ball deep? Yeah, but you know, I don't. I didn't. I didn't watch enough of him across like intermediate throws, accuracy, throwing in windows, things like that. So I'm not gonna uh do that but um i'm not gonna take anything away from minchu either because he did perform well in Jacksonville but for some odd reason they felt the need to go and trade for Nick Bowles is it because he won a Super Bowl with Philly you know I don't know why so but either way I think something will end up look eventually something's gonna happen to um with the whole Jimmy Garoppolo sit system i wouldn't be surprised to see jimmy here and a rookie come the first week of september
1: all right all right so i I, that answer looks right what i just clicked on there but before that there was a question that said why take a gamble on jimmy for another year we're about to be out bro. don't worry um um I want to answer that before I say anything, because I'm I'm going to be really quick. The reason you take a chance on Jimmy another year, at least to start the year is because the team is built right now for a push, a playoff push. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: You put a rookie in or some unknown commodity. You could be taking a step back, right? So at worst case scenario, Kyle knows exactly what he's got in Jimmy Garoppolo. Is that worth the risk of missing out on the postseason? Right, because we we said we sat here and we went through all these different positions. The defense is ready, right? If everyone's healthy, the old line is ready, wide receivers are ready. Running backs, I understand who they are, but come on, they're ready. I saw that, Tony. <laughs> um, so I think that's the big thing. It's a big, big gamble to go out and get a rookie or go out and get a Sam Darnold or go and get a shoe, you know what I'm saying? Because you don't know if they're going to be any worse than what Jimmy Garoppolo is. You know what Jimmy's floor is. Now, depending on who you ask, his floor has gotten lower and lower. So I don't know how people want to look at it. I think that the team is afraid of that risk. And that's why I think they're going to try to proceed with Jimmy. Um, When it comes to... uh, How do, how do I want to... Like, when it comes to uh, the backup in in Gardner Minshew or or whether or not the team should go after him, um, I wouldn't be opposed to it. I would not be opposed to it at all. I think it's something that maybe they should look into doing, you know? I think it might be fun for the team. So, you know, do it. But I wouldn't do it as a starter. I would do it as a backup, if that makes any sense to you guys. No. Uh, No? No? No, and what happens if he comes in and out and beats out Jimmy? Then he went he wins. You I'm saying you, you trade
0: for him as a backup. Because I honestly, like if they keep Jimmy, I have a strange freaking feeling that we're gonna be talking about this next year. Same thing. I yeah, really do.
2: I think you're going to either way. Um And that's what I was going to say, too, because when, Mike, you were touching on something, and, Tony, um, you're kind of thinking in the same perspective as I am, is the only thing I don't want to see is if they draft a first-round quarterback is like what Philadelphia did with Jalen Hurts. Like, in, out, in, out. Like, if you pick him and you throw him in the game, then you roll with him.
1: Kyle ain't going to do that.
2: Right. But, no, I know. But I'm just saying, like, that's the only thing I don't want to see done is if you <clears throat> if you decide he's your starter, obviously if he comes in because Jimmy got hurt, that's different. And if you feel like he's not up to par, then you take him back off and you put your starter back on. But if you decide he's the starter that year, don't let him play three games and and we're losing because of quarterback play and he's not ready, and then take him out, put Jimmy in, then Jimmy gets, you know two or three games and he doesn't look good and then throw him back in kind of like they did with Carson Wentz and Jalen Hurts back and forth because that just ruins a rookie's mentality as in, okay, well, you keep putting me out, da, 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 da whatever. But I do think that um, there needs to be a guy – look, Jimmy's not Jimmy's got two years left on his contract. One way or another, one way or another, Jimmy's going to probably be gone within two years, Right. We don't think he's going to get an extension. We don't think that he's going to stay here. Is it too much to draft a guy that you really like in the first round and move up for him and allow him to get situated with everything in your offense and then make a decision later? Is it too much to do that?
0: Well, no, because if you think about it, we came into this with all these free agents and all these holes. We are, what, four weeks away from the draft, and everything is filled.
2: And we have it's. – we're at that best player available.
0: So what is does that te- – like, they're loading up to do something right now. And there's reasons why they're doing this. But, like, I just have a question. And and I'm not saying, like, Minshew is the best quarterback since sliced bread. But if Minshew was our backup last year, do we sneak into the playoffs?
2: No. I don't think so. I-
0: Go, ahead. Go ahead. You don't think so?
2: I don't think so because I don't think that the only thing that held us from the playoffs last year was just quarterback play. I oh, think our quarterback I,
0: play was. I, I definitely think the quarterback play held us. Right. Definitely. But
2: I also think the quarterback play was bad because of the offensive line as well. I think they went hand in hand. Well, I'm not saying that Jimmy didn't make, you know, quarterback play, whether it's Jimmy, Nick or CJ made mistakes and didn't ruin some games. But I also think that the offensive line played like shit too, where we couldn't get a running game established, which killed our our passing game. We had a, a you know receivers on and off the field, no chemistry. I don't think it wait, was. Wait,
0: wait, wait,
1: I think you got your order of events a little mixed up here. So I I heard you say we couldn't get the run game established, so it, it affected the pass game. I think it's the exact opposite because these quarterbacks were trash. Teams started playing the run because we know that that quarterback. Because you got to remember. Tony didn't ask if 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 it was Minshew over Jimmy. He said the backups. So he's talking about only Foles. I mean Foles. Jesus, only no, and, and only Bether. No, I I agree. I understand. point. If there's a quarterback that's under center that they respect the passing game for, they're not they're not creeping towards the line of scrimmage. You but know
2: that's what i There other. Do we have all our receivers? No, they Our entire team was hurt. If if Debo, if Debo Ayuk and Kendrick Bourne were out there, wouldn't they have respected the pass game even more? There were, yeah. I mean, Half the season, we played with one receiver and not all three of them on the field at the same time. Yeah, the the, the answer
0: to that is we were full strength in the Super Bowl and they still didn't respect our pass game with Jimmy at the quarterback. That's the difference here. Like they, Defenses know when Jimmy's on the field, it's straight hesitant and check down. Like, they know it. They they see it and we saw it versus Kansas City and what we saw last year is this team like I can't even explain it 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 was it was so bad like the court that Nick Mullins didn't move at all he just dropped hit his fifth step or seventh step and he just stood there and there were several times where like Trent Williams turned his head like what the hell are you doing here so. Right. Like, I watched the Philly game because I was watching the kid Jerry that we were looking at, the linebacker. Bro, Nick Mullins left so much out on that field. It was disgusting. And the number one play was how he overthrew Kyle Uscheck in a clean pocket. Clean pocket. No pressure. He overthrew. Now, what I'm trying to say is can Gardner Minshew make that throw?
2: Right, but the the he can make that throw. But your question was, would we have snuck in the playoffs? And I think and there were a
0: lot of that, that leads into that answer. If <laughs> he can make the stupid throws, the easy, simplistic throws, we could have snuck into the, I'm not saying make a run to the Super Bowl by all means. Right, right. I think we could have at least got into the bottom, the wild card of the playoffs with competent quarterback play. So you That's think what you I'm could have trying to say.
2: at least three games with competent quarterback play. Hmm? You think we won at least more three more games with competent quarterback play?
0: I definitely think we would have beat the, we we would have beat the Eagles. We would have beat we beat the Jets. We beat the Giants. We
2: were destroyed by Philadelphia. That no. wasn't a close game.
1: Yeah, but why? Well, you, you saw why, right? Why, right? <laughs> the point though, Tony's point is that the quarterback right, play. But was- it wasn't.
2: That's what I'm trying to say. It wasn't just because of the quarterback play. Even if you had better quarterback play, the offensive line was still beat up. Our running backs were beat up. We went into that game with a shit ton of backups. The, the 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 um we were playing with a, uh uh Nick Mullins in that game. We were playing with offensive linemen being down, a new a, a new center, wide receivers not all on the field, defensive guys being hurt. Like there were a ton of things that that pushed this team to not making a playoff push, other than just quarterback
0: play. But the and thing I, is, I understand what you're saying. I respect it. There were still people running wide open across the field. So how yeah, bad was it?
2: I understand that, but there were still people running wide open on the field in 2019 with a, with Jimmy Garoppolo, too. Like, I understand that. I'm not saying that quarterback's not a problem. I just don't know if we would have won three or, like, I
0: definitely think we could have won a lot. Not a lot. We easily could have won three more games. I, I, I That's just my opinion. From what I've watched, it – there's – I don't know. I don't know. Believe I don't it,
2: me, it, it's it, interesting it, to go back and look. It's just – I, I just, and I it's don't want to. I don't want to stick up for the quarterbacks because that's not what I'm trying to do. I'm just, I'm just saying that this team last year was a pile of we, shit.
0: We had that still competed though. That's the scary thing. We still competed game in and game out. That's the difference. We never minus the 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 Miami game. We got blown out of the that's
2: Miami that blew us out. Listen,
1: I'm gonna, I'm gonna. With that Eagles game in particular, I think if Minshew was there, we win that game. We had McKinnon as the running back and Jeff Wilson, but we had Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel, George Kittle, Kendrick Bourne. <laughs> don't, don't, that's where you win that game. You put that game in particular on the back of the quarterback. I think I think we win that game. I'm looking at the, I'm looking at the 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 box score from that game. You had Brandon Ayuk with one catch for 38 yards and touching. One catch. Yeah, had Devo Samuel. Yeah, that was one, the catch
2: that he jumped over. the yeah,
1: right. You got Debo Samuel. One catch for 10 yards. George Kittle. One catch for eight yards. Nope. Bro. That,
2: that I, was Debo's first game back, too, wasn't it?
1: And he was on a pitch count that game. I remember that. Yeah, but I'm one, saying
2: he, was, catch, he wasn't
1: 100%. You have.
2: Because he went back out after that game. I don't even think he played that whole game.
1: I'm sorry. George Kittle had 15. That was the game that George Kittle had the 15 receptions. Yeah. I'm sorry. I gave you guys the wrong numbers. I'm sorry. So Debo was three for three. I'm sorry. I was looking at rushing attempts. My bad. The one in 38 was Brandon Ayuk's rush. I'm sorry. Ayuk had two receptions for 18 yards. Uh, Debo had three receptions for 35 yards. Kittle had 15 receptions for 183 yards in a touchdown that game. I think we win that game. That's the kind of game that you put on the backs of the quarterback and let him make plays. The problem with that game was McKinnon was a lead back because Wilson got hurt. Yeah. And Mostert was already out and McKinnon ended up with 14 carries. Like that's that's where the that's where the mistake really came in. But if you if you go back and you look at the the team uh you guys are talking about whether or not you can find three more wins if we have comparable backups in there like decent decent backups. Uh you look at the the game against the Cowboys. What was the final score in that game?
0: That's a game we should have had. We had the lead going into the fourth quarter and Mullins just got colorblind. I we, I, went,
1: I we went toe-to-toe with Seattle in week 17 with Bethard. We were right there in that one. Um I think I think we lost to Seattle both games. Maybe, maybe it was the other game that we were we were toe-to-toe with them. But you know what I'm saying? Like there, there's games in here. I don't know how Green Bay looked. I don't remember how that
0: game looked. But no, Green Bay was a disaster because that was the game where everybody was out because of the false positive COVID test. That's right. We didn't have a tackle and all that shit. You're absolutely. We right. didn't have receipt. That was River Craycraft and Richie James in that game. That's understandable. All right, but okay. I, I don't know.
1: I get it, but it's 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 a really good conversation. The fact that the team is so desperate to upgrade the backup position, that's the one position they keep speaking on, tells me that they might be willing to ride this thing out with Jimmy and they're just looking for somebody else behind him in the event of he gets pulled or injured or whatever. So
0: that's that was the purpose of that that point of the exercise. And there's part of me that kind of wants to see Jimmy behind this line now with all the upgrades, but then there's the other part of me saying that we could potentially be in the same position Next year, talking about the same freaking thing. Well, here's what I think the team should do, and you guys let me know if you agree or not.
1: One, you do try to upgrade the backup position. If it's a Garner Minshew, uh, if it's uh, Sam Darnold, whatever, you go out, you upgrade the backup, you keep Jimmy, and you do not let whoever your backup is and Jimmy affect what you do in the draft. If one of those top quarterbacks fall to you, you get that quarterback. And I'm not saying you start the league year with an open competition. I don't care if they say Jimmy is the guy, but you better be grilling and training. Whoever it is that is looking like the better option, you get them ready. And in the event that you think or the time is right, you make the switch. Think about this. Before, before we went to the Super Bowl, I'm talking about the hardball year, right? Alex Smith started that season. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He played the seven games. Cat played nine. They made the switch, they never look back. You get to the Super Bowl. There's there's something to be said for when you make a switch and you're confident in the next guy, right? Because now teams have no film. You can do whatever you want for those next three games. Yeah, you know what I mean. That that's if you get confidence in a backup or or a rookie, you get confidence in them. That's three free games, right there. As long as you operate that playbook the way you you know you can, that's three free games. Then after the three games, they get the film on you, and they start teetering in, and, and, and you know what I'm saying? That's when they hanker down after the three games. But that's three free games. You put Jimmy in there for, let's just say, nine games, right? You put Jimmy in there for nine games, and you hope that you can win six of those nine. You're six and three. You put in whoever the other person is. Now you're nine and three. Maybe you lose one of them because, you know, turnovers or some shit like that, right? But either way, now you're now you're eight and four. You know what I'm saying? You got to hanker down, and now you get – Get to your shit, and you got to win two more games to make it to the postseason. You get what I'm saying? Like so Mm -hmm. that that could be the way that the team addresses the season this year. I would not be surprised at all if we see something like that this season. I don't think you have to get rid of Jimmy. I don't think you have to avoid drafting somebody or picking up somebody.
2: I think if you see if you have a position, if you're in position to go up and get a quarterback that you like, you know you're going to be replacing him within two years. If there's somebody that you like in this draft, you go, you move up, you get the guy that you want. Damn right. And then what if he look <clears throat> before we were kind of forced to where we said if you draft a first round quarterback, you have to play him. Mm-hmm. You don't have to play him right now. You you can win football games with Jimmy. You upgrade updated your offensive line, your running backs are coming back, your defensive front's coming back healthy. Let the kid learn. Like, let him do whatever he has to do, and then when you feel ready, then make the move if if you feel that way. And you're competent with your backups. You know, it, who knows who, who the backups are going to be. That's going to be an interesting thing. I'm more – I'll tell you what, I'm more interested to find out who the third-string backup is going to be compared to the second because I truly think the Niners are going to draft somebody high yep. of their guy in the first round. And I think they're already at twelve. They don't know where they're going to be next year. They don't know what quarterbacks are coming out next year. They see a guy they like. They got the draft capital. They have players that they just best player available. Go out and get who you want. Mm-hmm. And you you're low on cap money, so even if you trade picks away, you're cutting that cap down from nine to eleven million to. To five to seven million or seven to nine million.
1: Yeah. All right. So that's gonna do it for the main part of the show. I got a silly question for you guys, then we're gonna get up out of here. And it doesn't have to be long and drawn out, but the question is gonna be about toenails. (laughs) Look at your faces. Oh, I love you guys. Oh, I love you guys. Do you clip? Do you peel? Or are you flexible and do you bite? How do you get rid of your toenails?
2: Clip. I take my ass to get a pedicure.
1: So you don't clip or peel your own toenails? you get someone to do your feet every time?
2: Yep. All the time. I will clip. I will clip. I will not bite. First of all, I'm not putting my...
1: I'm not flexible enough to get my foot. Oh, look at you.
2: I'm not putting my toenails in my mouth. Um, <laughs> And I'm clipping, not peeling. But I'm going to get that massage and that... Nice lotion and get nice clip and shit that back when I can, especially after being in, you know, working 12 to 15 hours in steel toe boots. Uh, yeah.
1: Hi. Yeah. I know.
2: Yeah. It's nice going. <laughs> it's nice to go and get them shits done.
1: Okay. All right. Tony, are you, you said you're a clip guy? <laughs> Absolutely. You guys don't peel your toenails at all. So I'm the only one. I, I hate right, you. You're
2: the only one that sits there and bites your fingernails and spits them all over
1: your house, too, on the camera. Well, I, I got better. I, I put them in a little pile and I scrape them in my hand and throw them away now. I used to just, but I don't do that anymore. So uh, I'm the only one that peels their toenails.
2: And you don't bite them, too?
1: No, I can't. I'm not. My, my knees don't work that way no more, all bro. Right.
2: If they could, I, though, you would.
1: No, no. I did it. Uh, I probably bit my toenails up until about 10 years old. Right, I'll so years years saying,
2: so you have done it before. Oh, you're, oh, oh. yeah, I've you. done it you're before. a biter, bro. Absolutely. I can tell you're a biter.
1: Yeah, oh yeah, Absolutely. You bite
2: the inside of your lip. Uh huh. You do this. You bite your skin all the time. Mm-hmm. So I know you biting them toenails. One point in your life. Oh oh
1: yeah. yeah, I used to do that shit. Now here's the thing: the best feeling in the world when you got to get your feet done, you get that ingrown nail on the side of your big toe, like that little corner, and you can't get down there. You go and let. I almost said what I said uh what i was <laughs> you go and let the lady rub your legs down and she gets under there and clip the pain <laughs> to relief there is no better feeling in the world bro that feeling of when they get that ingrown nail on the on the edge and just clip boom as soon as they cut that joint instant relief man It is the best feeling in the freaking world best you, know,
2: you know you only get ingrown toenails from peeling right
1: Yes, that's what people keep telling me. That's why you gotta stop you gotta stop peeling. Them. I can't.
0: Not right, true. If you cut it on an angle in the corner, that's how you get it.
2: Yeah, if you cut it, if you don't round it off and you cut it at a straight angle, like if you just cut it straight across like this, and you're too low, you can grow one.
1: Oh, so it has to be curved.
2: If you round it, you're not gonna get
1: one. No, but all my nails that I peel off are shaped like the moon, the crescent. They're, they're yeah, but you're,
2: you're pulling it off. So some of it comes off the nail going down the edge. How do we get in the
1: – Yo, Mariah, I don't bite my toenails no more. I said 10. I haven't done that in over 25 years, all right? True story.
2: You know, <laughs>
0: on that note.
2: If you put your feet in your mouth, I swear to God, someone hit
1: you way too many times. I was abused as a kid. That's cool. I ain't no shaming my game it's no shame in my game i got i got yeah shut up man it, it, i don't do it anymore i don't do it anymore i'm a new person guys
2: yon just says does this lead to a sponsor or something nope <laughs> <laughs> welcome to nbn bro
1: or or no i'm kidding not a- <laughs> all right that's gonna do it man we want to thank you guys for rocking out with us i really really appreciate everybody who stayed in here look at this this is a low blow now why why
2: why she loves me she's cleaning up that carpet of hers
1: No, I got her a really nice vacuum cleaner for that. This vacuum is incredible. It is really, really nice. But all jokes aside, we want to thank you guys for rocking out with us and sticking with us as long as you did. We did over two hours tonight. We were only planning an hour and a half. So bravo to you guys, the panel. Nick, Tony, you guys did an amazing job breaking down the roster. I really, really, really like what you guys said tonight, especially at the end for the quarterback. Uh, I think we saved the best for last, and I think that we all kind of came to the same conclusion. You keep Jimmy. You draft your guy if he's there. You get your backup if he's out there, and you rock out and see what happens and, and let the chips fall where they may. The team is primed to make a, a, a playoff push, and you don't want to blow that. You don't want to get rid of Jimmy and think, damn, what if? What if the offensive line could have made him play better? What if da 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 So we, got, we owe it to ourselves to see what the cards hold. I know this much. Like Nick said about 45 minutes ago, we cheer for this emblem. All right? You guys see it over my head. That's what we're going for. You see it in Nick's background. You see it on Tony's hat. It's all over here. That's what we cheer for, guys. And so if Kyle decides we're getting rid of Jimmy and Rosen and Johnson and we're going to bring in whoever, we're going to be watching just as intently as we were before. All right? So thank you guys so so much for rocking out, fellas. I'm going to give you the floor for final words, and then we're going home. Tony? I'm tired as shit.
0: I'm going to bed, man. <laughs> I like those final words. Yeah. Nick?
2: Tony, good night, man. Uh No, man, it's just just quick and easy, but uh, stay faithful. You know, trust the process. Trust the process.
1: All right, and that's going to do it for us, guys. Thanks for rocking out with us. Prepare for
0: glory. Anticipate pain.
2: But always remain faithful. We out of here.
0: Peace.